Welcome back to another edition of your Keisha Covered podcast sponsored by Capital Federal. Um, coming at you this week, uh, we had last week a special edition with our state wrestling roundup. And this week, uh, it's the last of the winter sports uh, championships being contested. We had bowling wrapped up last week down in Wichita. Scott and I were there to, to check it out. And then this week, uh, state basketball championships all across the state, seven different sites. And your Keisha Covered staff will be at every single one of them, whether it's myself, Scott, Mac, or Ricky at one of the sites or one of our freelance writers that we've hired to help cover each and every single state tournament to bring that coverage to you on Keisha Covered. First, we'll take a look quickly at the uh, bowling state championships that happened this past weekend. And Scott and I got to see some pretty exciting stuff down in Wichita at North Rock Lanes. Uh, we had Class 5A on Thursday, the girls and then the boys, and then Class 6A on Friday. And and 5A, uh, the state champion is Great Bend Panthers. They had a tremendous tournament to finish with a total of 3,161 to beat Salina South by by uh, 90 pins. And then Seaman, which captured the state title a year ago, ends up taking third with 3,007. And, and uh, Salina South's Riley Lambeth takes the individual title with a 641 series edging Siemens' Katie Price by four pins. And uh, so um, Salina South, we might have expected a champion from Salina South individually, Scott, but I don't think we would have expected it to be Lambeth. Yeah, that was, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a huge surprise because Riley did roll a, a 700 series uh, earlier this season. But, uh, you know, definitely with what they had coming in this season with Aviano Ordonez and then Nina, Nina Freeze, who – uh, initially, had decided not to come out, and then changed her mind uh, this year. Uh, those two had the, the kind of the the, the resume, uh, so to speak. And but but Riley, um, you know, had a, a little bit of a slow start in the, in the first game, but came came back strong at two fifty eight in the second game, and then had just enough to uh, to overtake Katie Price in the third game, another 200, uh, 200 plus games. So uh, just a sophomore, uh, Salina South. Uh, you know, had a, had a very deep team, and then she gives them definite hope for the future as well. Absolutely. You know, Seaman goes 2-3 with Katie Price rolling 6-37 to take second, and Jalen Thetford is 6-24 to take third. Those three had the only uh, only 600-plus series on the day, and Seaman puts three in the top 20, but they just can't quite match the depth of Great Bend, which ends up putting five individuals in the top 20 at the state tournament. What a uh, What a strong showing by Great Bend, uh, I talked to their coach, and he said, you know, we knew we had five pretty solid bowlers, and they all showed up uh, showed up that day. Zoe Mayberry, the freshman on the team, actually is the highest individual placer, taking sixth. Sahara Razia takes seventh. Kaylin Walmeyer, who was last year's state champion individually in 5A, takes eighth. And then you also got uh, 16th from Emily Nelson and a 19th from Aaliyah Freiberger. So Great Bend, your Class 5A girls bowling champion and then the class 5a boys it was a thrilling race and casey piper which they had taken third in the united kansas conference league tournament behind DeSoto and then defending 5a champion seaman well piper shows how deep that league is in bowling and they come back and and have a great day at state and they win state uh 3522 pin total edge wichita trinity academy which finished at 3,474. Seaman began the Baker series way down. I think they were down in eighth or ninth, and they stormed back in Baker to take third, 3,397, edging DeSoto by just three pins for that third-place trophy. And then the top uh, 
the top seven really, really tight, especially when you look at three through three through seven, where Seaman takes third with 3,397 and Salina South is eight. Earth Andover is seventh with 3,083. So 14 pins separate fourth through third through seventh in class five, one, a boys. Uh, DeSoto doesn't get the team title or the, or a team trophy that they had really hoped to get and thought, thought they had a great shot at winning, but they do get the individual state champion as Colby Lovegren of DeSoto bowls a 743 series to win. He beats May South Bailey Gassman by seven pins and Piper's Darren Spack by 11 pins and Eisenhower's Miles Blue also over 700 with a 727 and then Casey Turner's Rhett Ryman with a 715 and Ryman maybe has the most thrilling uh, game of the day rolls a 298 in his final game to shoot way up in the standings last ball he leaves two pins standing and just misses getting a perfect game at state so your state champions in class 5-1a Casey Piper wins the team title, and then DeSoto's Colby Lovegren takes the individual title. And then turning our attention to Class 6A, girls, Olathe East kind of rode the same uh, the same story as Great Bend a little bit, where they just used their depth, and they only had five girls on their team. You are, you're allowed six bowlers to compete at state, but Olathe East had five seniors and five freshmen on their roster this year, and the coach had opted just, hey, let's just roll with, with my seniors all year long. You know, that leaves one spot open where in bowling, you never know what you might get out of that one spot. But Olathe East made it work. They finished really running away with this thing, uh, finished with 3,269 total to beat Hayesville campus by nearly 200 pins for the team title. East gets a 2-3 finish individually from Macy Proctor um, with a 660. And Reagan Reynolds of Olathe East also third at 656. And the individual state champion, Scott, was a girl from Derby, Morgan Henning, who has the only 700 series of the day for the girls in 6A. Yeah, a career-high series for Morgan and, and a, a, a pretty dominant victory by, by 57 pins. She, she told me she ended up on a couple lanes she had bowled before, and uh, apparently those were friendly lanes for sure. She's, she's had a couple uh, really good performances the last two years in the Great Plains Invitational, which is one of the bigger, uh, bigger tournaments down here in the Wichita area. And and uh, that that tournament's at North Rock. So she's had a lot of good vibes here. Uh, last year, her state uh, her first state tournament experience uh, wasn't real great. But, uh, uh, you know, she's kind of said she's gotten a lot more confidence, uh, uh, learned to not be as nervous. And, and boy, did she prove it. Uh, uh, you know, last week, it opened with the 234, came back with a 226, and then then hammered, hammered, down, hammered it down with a 257 in the third. So, uh Really nice, quiet kid, but uh, very, uh, uh, you know, you know, very fun story because she said she started coming to the state bowling tournament when she was probably eight or nine years old, and and uh, uh, had kind of been inspired watching the the kids who had lined up in that top twenty and how how the team celebrates. So uh, you know, kind of a good story for Morgan. Yep. So congratulations to Morgan Henning of Derby, the individual champion in girls class six A, and Olathe East, the team champion in girls class six A, and then. You know, we kind of saved the best for last, really, uh, if you if you look at it. Uh, the way Washburn Rural went out and just absolutely destroyed the 6A field was truly impressive. Uh, they were uh, they were just excitingly fun to watch, especially once they got into Baker series. You know, they had a they had a slight lead going into Baker and two years ago. They also were in first place going into Baker and ended up not even getting on the medal stand. And they, they didn't didn't perform well in Baker that year. And ended up falling down to fourth this year. 
I think they were uh, ready and motivated to not let that happen again because it showed. They come out and uh, just absolutely hammered it in in the Baker series. They they start with a, a pretty decent game of two twelve, and Olathe North was right on their heels going into Baker. And in fact, Northwest or Olathe Northwest, I apologize, uh, right on their heels going into Baker, and they roll a two twenty three, and all of a sudden it's tied after the first game of Baker, and then Rural slammed the door. They. Uh, they start out their second Baker game with eight straight strikes, finish with a 267 game, while Northwest can only imagine a, manage a 174. So Rural opens up a big lead, and they just kept the pedal down, roll a 222 in the next series, and then finish it in in just tremendous style. Uh, spare the first first frame of the last uh, last game, last Baker game, and then strike all the way to the very very last ball. And uh, they, they even brought in their sub for the very last victory cigar spare finish, roll a 279 in that series to finish Baker with a whopping 980 total in the Baker series, which we talked to Eric Johnson from Olathe South, and, and he believes that's the highest Baker series ever rolled in state history, and certainly at the state tournament. So Washburn Rural just lays the hammer down. They bring home their first state title, finishing with 3,711 pin total, which is second best all time behind Capon performance a couple years ago. Olathe North takes second with 3,576 and Garden City third at 3,507. And then the individual battle, six guys finished with 700 series or more. And and Scott got to talk to Thomas Mitchell of Olathe Northwest who wound up holding off KJ Burns of Garden City for the individual state title. Uh, Burns finishes second for the second straight year, but that individual battle was a, a heck of a duel coming down the stretch. Yeah, Tommy uh, was a regional champion, so he got to throw one of the ceremonial first balls earlier in the day. So it's a, that's a perfect bookend. You, you you get to do that at the start of the tournament and then come back and, and win the whole thing. So uh, 759, a great series for him. He had a, a, a really good regional showing and and uh, topped that. So uh, helps Olathe Northwest finish second in the team competition. And then uh, you mentioned K.J. Burns, and, and he's just a sophomore and already a two-time runner-up in 6A. And, of course, he thrilled the crowd. Uh, he rolled a 279, uh, took took a perfect game into the ninth frame, and and uh, then left the four pin, but then cleaned up the rest for for that uh, 279. Got got the crowd going. He's a fun one to watch. He's got a real high release and and uh, kind of a real rubbery r- rubber band man body, and he just lets it rip. And and uh, so I'd say you know maybe down the road if you're looking for a future uh, pick to click for 6A, it's it's KJ Burns for sure. But Tommy Mitchell comes away uh, with the with the championship on. On uh, on this day, yep. And Junction City's Tory Lindsay finishes third, and so great action at North Rock Lanes last week. Six uh, A individual boys state champion Thomas Mitchell of Latha Northwest. Six A boys team champion Washburn Rural boys. So congratulations to all the bowlers and uh, on their competition this past week. And now we'll get to the main course here, uh, state basketball week, and we've been consumed by this. Uh, all weekend, uh, all all Monday, all Tuesday, and we'll can be consumed all rest of the week. Uh, 112 different teams have qualified for the state basketball tournament. You can read capsules on every single one of those teams, and Keisha covered, and I know because I have typed them all in. And so, uh, it, um, just a lot of <laughs> a lot of information, a lot of great stories out there across the state and the in the state basketball. Some teams making the first appearance and program's history when you talk Pawnee Heights girls and and uh, some other schools out there and, and some making long, long uh, 
droughts come to an end. Clay Center boys for the first time since 1968. Other schools with 30-plus uh, years between their last state tournament berth and this year. And, and we'll go down each classification, uh, look at the boys and girls tournaments, and each classification kind of give you a little primer for what to, what to look for in each one and maybe and uh, tease you a little bit with who we think maybe is going to come away with the, the hardware this weekend. And so we'll start with Class 6A, which will be held at Coke. Coke Arena down in Wichita. You have the boys' action starts on Wednesday down there with the quarterfinals. The girls' action on Thursday. And looking at Wednesday's action, uh, right off the bat, you get Blue Valley North, which was your state champion two years ago, play, taking on Manhattan at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Blue Valley Northwest against Shawnee Mission Northwest. Blue Valley Northwest, the team that's won multiple state titles here in recent history in Class 6A. Six o'clock, defending state champion Wichita Heights against Junction City. And then the nightcap is Derby, which had a wild four-overtime sub-state uh, championship victory over Washburn Rural against the Latham North. And uh, guys, we'll start to uh, just go around the horn. Uh, somebody take the lead. Which which game in this first-round quarterfinals really sticks out to you guys? Well, I'm at, I'll be at the 6A tournament, so I'll, I'll take that one. I You know, I really, as far as first-round matchups, I, of course, you always look at the four or five matchups, and you, you see Shawnee Mission Northwest and Blue Valley Northwest going at it. I, I think that'll be a great game to see, uh, you know, who makes that Final Four. Um, I, I guess looking down the road, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel, after covering this last year, uh, you know, and we've seen it so many times, 6A seems to become, there, there's a theme here with Wichita Heights and Blue Valley Northwest, and and, uh, you know, I just kind of – I see some good potential matchups in, in that field, but I think at the end the, those two programs have kind of uh, set themselves apart over the last decade. And, and last year, Wichita Heights defeated Blue Valley Northwest, and, and uh, I see a rematch in the final. I think, I think uh, last year I saw Wichita Northwest really punch Blue Valley Northwest in the mouth right at the start. It was 17-2 to after one and, and 21-2, to but then Blue Valley Northwest joined the fight uh, for that game. And, and – uh, Blue Valley Northwest has a lot of the principles back from that, and I think that experience is going to toughen them up a little bit. Um, you know, I, Wichita Heights does have a good, uh, a good returning base with Marcus Ziegler and, and TJ Williams, and and uh, a great one-two punch there. They probably are the probably are the favorite, but I but I just think that that battled hardened Blue Valley Northwest team with what they've got coming back with Grant Stubblefield, um, you know, prediction wise. I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and say this this time it's it's the Huskies' turn. I, I think Blue Valley Northwest is going to is going to knock off Wichita Heights in a really good six A boys final. Yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of piggyback off that. Um, you know, Wichita Heights, what what a great run they've had. You know, over the past few years, uh, you know, Joe Hour just an, I think he's kind of made a case for one of the you know to be in the conversations of most most successful boys basketball coaches we've ever had. Um, you know, I I think I'm going to agree with uh, Scott and say uh, Wichita Heights over Blue Valley Northwest in the final. I think when I'm looking at it, I mean, I you know I I know it's going to be not easy for Wichita Heights to get there, but in terms of the path, uh, you know, uh, going through uh, Junction City in the first round and then winner of a derby, you know, Lathan North. And uh, I know both of those two teams can, can really put it on, but uh, I'm putting Wichita Heights in the, the final as well. But uh, on the other side, I mean, it's tough because Blue Valley Northwest went undefeated in uh, Eastern Kansas League play. Uh, they've pretty much only lost to Missouri teams this year. Uh, they're really good, but also the team that they could potentially face in the semifinals, Blue Valley North, uh, that's a, a squad that they uh, – 
Blue Valley Northwest got the win by one point, uh, 53 to 52, just a few weeks back. So uh, I know the Mustangs are a really talented team, and that's got to hurt to have missed out on on the EKL title by just you know the the, the closest of games. And so they're going to play with fire, and I'm picking them to make it into the final and. Uh, at that point, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Wichita Heights able to to, to beat him there, uh, but that's I'm gonna try to move away from the the rest of the group, and I'm picking Blue Valley North to at least make it to the the final. Yeah, I think that semifinal with Blue Valley North, Blue Valley Northwest, if it materializes, has a chance to be just an all time banger. I mean, you talk about two schools that are just incredible rivals in, in just about anything they do. Uh, you know, Blue Valley North and Blue Valley Northwest kind of gone back and forth with football, where Blue Valley North was an established presence. Blue Valley North, Northwest comes up and has a has a pretty good run to kind of kind of usurp their power. And then in basketball, you know, it's kind of the same way. Blue Valley Northwest has been the power, and then Blue Valley North two years ago goes down and gets the state championship. And and uh, Ryan Pfeiffer, a Blue Valley North coach, a tremendous coach. He's had some had some great teams and and always has his team ready to go. I think I think that that uh, semifinal on on uh, on Friday, if if those two make it there, is just going to be an absolute you know star matinee uh, matinee session there in the two p.m. Uh, semifinal game. And then I, uh, I I also like Wichita Heights to to get out on their side of the bracket, and I've actually penciled them in to uh, to be the state champion this year. Joe Hour just knows how to win state titles. That's just just what he does, and he doesn't have Perry Ellis to, that he, he got to ride for four years to, to state titles, but he's got some dudes that are pretty good and TJ Williams and Marcus Ziegler and, and some other complimentary pieces that have come along and, and been great for him this year. And I, I think a Heights Blue Valley Northwest or Blue Valley North title game will be a, will be one of those great games to watch. And I, I've got Heights pulling it out over Blue Valley Northwest, but uh, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if any of those three came out on top this year in class six A. Switching over to the girls in 6A, boy, this is a this is a loaded tournament. You look at basically anybody that that should have got there, darn near did. When you look at the Shawnee Mission South comes in at 22 and 0, undefeated, and right off the bat they get Blue Valley Tigers, which has maybe the best player in the state. Uh, you know, there's some debate on who who it is, but Jaden Wooten certainly can can stand there and hold her. Uh, hold her sign up saying making her claim to be the best, if not, you know, just one of the best for sure. So that's a, that's a heck of an opening matchup. And you got Lawrence and Washburn Rural at the four o'clock game on Thursday Derby with McDonald's all American, Addie Brown taking on a late Northwest at 6 PM and then blue Valley North against Wichita Southeast in eight o'clock game on, on Thursday. And Scott, you're, you're back in Wichita for that, for that one as well. Uh, you know, these are some these are some dandies in this, these quarterfinals. Uh, we're not even talking about the semifinals and the finals yet. Just to get out of the quarterfinals, I think I, I, there's there's not too many that I'd be shocked if uh, if one upset the other one. Yeah, no, I think I think it's it has a potential Thursday to be a really outstanding day. You know, if all four matchups and and uh, you know. I, I, my eyes have told me what I need to see, and it, it, I, I give Shawnee Mission South all the credit in the world coming into this tournament twenty-two and zero. It's their first first trip in a little while, but and definitely kudos to the Raiders. They they have got to have an outstanding team. But I'm I'm telling you what I watched last year, and Jaden Wooten, who has given her commitment to to uh, Oklahoma State and, and Coach J C Hoyt down there, uh, 
she was she was just ultra special and i haven't seen her play since last march and i'm i am really looking forward to it uh i could see a i could see a quarterfinal upset and in fact i'm actually calling that i think i know blue valley has had some games that are you know you look at the scores and so it's kind of a head scratcher but but i think uh Wooten has that big game experience. I mean, she just looked really comfortable in Coke Arena last year. And, and uh, you know, some sometimes Blue Valley could, you know, their team last year could, could kind of get in the muck and the mire a little bit and they would get a little sloppy. But in the end, uh, Jade just got – I mean, she's kind of got a lot of Marquise Noel in her game. I mean, it's just really good, uh, um, you know, slasher and, and can shoot it from anywhere. And, and you've got to respect that. Uh, I was just, you know, probably uh, – you know, so just so enamored with her game last year, and I think she's she's got that potential to carry uh, Blue Valley to a first round upset. But then you've got Washburn Rural, the defending champ, uh, in the in the field, and I know they're going to miss Zoe Canfield. I I just think that's going to be her shooting was such a weapon for them last year. But they still, uh, you know, I, Kevin Bordewick's a great coach, and I know Washburn Rural is going to defend that title uh, tooth and nail. Uh, Derby had a great disappointment against Rural in the finals last year, and I know. I saw Eddie Brown immediately after that game in the hallway, and I could just tell that that was going to light a fire under her. So, so I would expect Derby to 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 bring it this week, and and then Blue Valley North had a good young team last year, and they're back, and and uh, they'll get to play Wichita Southeast, which is making its first state appearance and since 1988. So, some really good storylines there. Uh, sometimes you just got to jump off the bridge, and I'm going to do it here. I'm going to take the eight seed to go all the way in this tournament. I'm I'm going with the Blue Valley Tigers. Now that that plan could crash and burn by three fifteen on Thursday, I totally understand that. But that's I'm calling my shot. I'm a Blue Valley over Blue Valley North in in the championship game this year. I like it. Uh, that's a super it's super bold, super exciting. Uh, honestly, <laughs> uh, I, I I will give Scott this: if Blue Valley beats Shawty Mission South, all my chips go to Blue Valley at that moment. Uh, I, I think that puts it where Wooten is just on that warpath and she's getting herself a state title. Uh, but I'm not sure that happens. I'm putting Shawnee Mission South uh, in the final and it will be tough because it's, yeah, it's not just getting past Blue Valley. They'll need to uh, neutralize Wooten the same way they had had to neutralize uh, Samaya Nichols uh, in the sub-state final. Uh, it, it becomes when they face other really balanced teams, which is what you're going to get either way, whether Lawrence or Washburn Rural makes it out of that semifinal. And I saw the game, Shawnee Mission South versus Lawrence uh, at Lawrence's home uh, earlier in the year. And uh, basically, Lawrence spotted them, uh, I think it was like 14 points, 12 points something the game uh and should have been over and by the time it was done it was a couple possessions that if a three goes down we're talking the potential for lawrence to upset him there uh so that one will will be fun and i know what washburn rural uh can do and brent can talk a little bit about uh you know what what they've gone through this year but that's a team that uh, still knows how it feels to win and so they're going to put up a pretty good fight against lawrence and they can make a pass we'll put up a good fight against johnny mission south uh on the other side yeah, Blue Valley North has so much talent. They basically look a lot like Shawnee Mission South. They just haven't been able to – just a few games that have kind of slipped away from them. But even those losses were close ones against really talented teams. Uh, I, I think it's it's hard for me to pick between Derby and Blue Valley North. And I think I'm going to go Blue Valley North just to be a, a homer for my teams, I guess. Uh, I, I'm picking Johnny Mission South over Blue Valley North in the final, but uh, I would not be surprised if instead it's Derby in that final with Johnny Mission South. 
You know, I think if if Washburn Rule had Zoe Canfield, I think I'd be tempted to pick them to repeat. I I think they I do think they're like Scott mentioned they're going to miss that shooting. You know, even though you know, like Scott said, Bordewick's just an amazing coach. Uh, I'm going to say Shawnee Mission South slips by Blue Valley, then then Rule beats them to get to the finals, and then we got to then on the other side Derby and Addie Brown. I just think. I just think she's going to be on a mission this year, and I'm going to pick, uh, you know, Derby to get its revenge and to, to beat Washburn Rule in the title game. Ricky going out on the on the limb. <laughs> I like it being different here, Ricky. I, I, I would say that uh, Scott stole my notes while we were down at State Bowling together on this classification, but uh, the championship games hadn't been decided because if you can't see what my, what paper I'm holding in my hand, but I filled out my bracket, and it's Blue Valley over Blue Valley North in the championship for me as well. Uh, Jaden Wooten is just very special, and I think that first-round game, obviously with Shawnee Mission South and Cameron Smith, you're talking about two of the best guards in the state uh, going head-to-head in that game, and I, I think that one's going to be just, a, just a, an amazing game. But I did like Blue Valley's experience from having been there before and and that that does does make a difference when you get to this time time of year uh you know it, the bright lights are a little brighter the stage a little bigger the pressure a little more and with Wooten's ability to kind of take her game to another level on that stage a year ago uh it, it, I think I think I just like them uh rural obviously Canfield's absence is huge especially just because it puts more more on Brooklyn Delay's shoulders. I mean, she's a great player and could do everything. And you know, before she could kind of kind of roam and let let Zoe find her in spots where she needed to. Now she kind of has to pick up some of the ball handling uh, ability as well, and, and some of those duties to kind of help help this team. You know, make up for the loss of Zoe because as great a shooter as she was, she was probably just as important to this team in terms of leadership and being able to run the team from that point guard position. And they've, they've done it with, with numbers and bodies and, and Tinley bunk, Tinley bunk and, and Kate Hink and some other young players have stepped up and filled those roles. Mariah Lutz has kind of taken on a bigger role rather than just being a spot up shooter. And they, they've covered that whole well all year. And, and they were impressive in beating Topeka high in their sub-state final. It was, it was a one-sided game and that's a Topeka high team. That's been at state the last four years and knows how to get there and knows how to win. And Kiki Smith, another one of the great players in the state and and really rural just completely locked them down kiki exploded late but rural takes the victory in that game going away but i just think that when you get down to state that that zoe zoe's absence is going to be just maybe a little bit too much for as good as as rural can what they can do is they can defend the heck out of you so it's not going to be a pretty pretty game when they play Lawrence or a pretty game when they, if they play Blue Valley, if they beat Lawrence in that first game or whoever, how far far they go, it's their defense. And defense got them that title last year. They just completely locked up Derby in that title game and it was over. I mean, they just completely shut them down. So um, I do think, I do like Blue Valley on that side. And then the other side, I do like Derby and, and Blue Valley North. Although I think Olathe Northwest is a very capable team this year. Uh, their losses are really good losses to some really good teams this year, and they've beaten some really good teams this year. And so I think Olathe North has a has the potential to stun Derby there in the first round. And and they're a program that's been there been there many years as well, and and done well under Joel Brandstrom. So um, I do I do think Derby will get by that, but I just think Blue Valley North maybe has too much to go with its stars as as opposed to what Derby has. Derby has Addie Brown, and then. 
you know, she misses Marin Archer, I think, a little bit, who was on the team last year and graduated early this year and went down to, I believe it was Arkansas. And, you know, Addie Brown could do a lot of things and does a lot of things and does it really well. But you got the Twin Towers, Blue Valley North and Aubrey Shaw and Jalea Davis. You got Logan Parks, who's just a tremendous athlete. And I think Blue Valley North is one of those airport teams. You know, they're going to get off the bus and you're going to be going, how does this team ever lose? Because they just are are impressive to look at in terms of of the the athletes they, they pull off the bus. So. Uh, Blue Valley, Blue Valley North is my title game. I had Blue Valley winning. Blue Valley beat them once already this year. North obviously is out for revenge. Ann Fritz is one of the greatest coaches the state's ever had on the girls' side. Over 650 career wins. She got in the Hall of Fame at Blue Valley North this year. And it wouldn't shock me to see uh, Blue Valley North win this. But honestly, it wouldn't shock me if, if six of the seven te- six of the eight teams in this thing went out and won it. I think I think so many teams in this field are capable of going out and win that title. But I, like Scott, picked Blue Valley over Blue Valley North. Now, Class 5A will be held at Emporia's Wide Auditorium with the girls taking the stage on Wednesday with their quarterfinals and the boys on Thursday. We'll go ahead and start with the Wednesday action with the, the girls. And uh, Mac, you'll be down in, in, in uh, Emporia for that tournament. And boy, you got one side of the bracket that looks just absolutely loaded. Um, in, in girls class 5A this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody knows when you're looking at uh, 5A girls basketball, uh, the first name is not going to end up being the first seed. It's going to be St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, at 19-3 and three this year, uh, they get the, the, the four uh, going up against a really talented Island Park team. Uh, and then to, to see the top of that bracket be Seaman as the top team with Twenty-one and one record going up against St. James. Uh, that's gotta hurt for, for, for Seaman. I, I know most years it's whoever uh, ends up is in the four A girls bracket with Miage that is just like, well, just throw your hands up in the air. But that's gotta uh, not feel good to have such an impressive season and to just get those three uh, on your side just to try to make it to the finals. And then, I mean, the other side, it's not like they're not also uh, just extremely good uh bishop carroll is the two seed uh andover is the three both 20 and two this year uh and then uh andover central uh made a deep run last year and and they don't quite have the pieces but they're getting it back together and and 17 and five to to make it on to state again uh emporia at eight and three going up against uh andover in that first round uh that is a uh, ridiculously stacked uh, group and I will say you know I, I'm just gonna pencil in Aquinas for the the final but upset potential because it's so much different than what it was last year when you have Beatrice Colton and you have uh, Charlotte O'Keefe you just have two elite six foot three players that's so much different and that size isn't there for Aquinas this year but they have a ridiculous amount of talented guards uh, and, and as a, a forward, Kelsey Schneck is, is playing out of her mind this year. So uh, they still play amazing defense. They still know how to get those points, even if it's not just feeding Colleton down low. So uh, it, it, it's a different look for Aquinas, but they're still playing at a really high level. So for me, I'm thinking it's going to be Aquinas uh, Seaman in that uh, second round, but don't count out St. James trying to uh, knock off the the one seed there. Uh, I think Aquinas makes it on to the final. Uh, on the other side, 
uh, I'm I, I'm penciling in Bishop Carroll, but that's also another one that that's going to be just so hard to to make it out of there. Uh, I know, uh, you know, uh, if we're talking about having that experience, there's some Andover Central players from last year that have that experience. Uh, Andover is just uh, talented. Emporia is talented. Uh, it's going to be hard for Bishop Carroll to, to to make it through to the final, but that's who I'm picking. And then I'm you know I'm I'm all about going chalk, even if I'm picking a four seed. I think Aquinas ends up coming out of the the five A girls bracket. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and agree with you. I think Aquinas is you know a really tough team. Um, obviously, they have the state championship pedigree. I think they have really good depth, and they're just a really good good guard group. Uh, I do. Do want to give a quick shout out, and Brent Brent might write about it. I think for our storylines, but for Highland Park to make it, um, that's a that's a pretty cool story. Obviously, they've they've really struggled struggled over the probably the past two decades or so. I think they might have had one or two state tournament bursts in there, but um, you know, coached by my old Topeka High, uh, he was a couple years older than me at Topeka High, Robert Brown, but he's done. He's done an incredible job there. Obviously, you know that's a tough first round matchup for them, but a, but a great story for the Scots. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna say Aquinas and uh, Carroll in the finals as well, and then with Aquinas getting the win. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good bracket. I mean, it's just up and down. I even you know Seaman in that first round facing Riley Bruggeman from St. James got a chance to see her see her play at uh, Mc, the McPherson tournament this year. A uh, really good score, so that's that's obviously something that's going to add to the Vikings quarterfinal test. And then uh, Aquinas, it's just, I just saw Beatrice Coleman or Be- Beatrice Colton was named to the the All Big Twelve freshman team this year. So that shows you the magnitude of the loss that that Aquinas had uh, off last year's team. But it it's uh, you know when you when you've got a team that's won every state title dating back to what twenty sixteen, uh, it's kind of like to to be the queen, you got to beat the queen, and and that's I think. Uh, Aquinas has enough to, to to get through those first first two rounds and get into Saturday's final. On the other side of that bracket, I really see. I mean, if you took those four teams, I think if you played a four team tournament with those four, you might get a different winner every time. Uh, Andover Central actually has has won the last three meetings against Bishop Carroll. Uh, they beat them in the finals of the Newton tournament this year. It and those two, I'm I caught the end of that after coming from another tournament. It's like watching two clones play each other. They've got you know not a lot of size, but they've just got gritty scrappy guards on on both sides there and and uh, Stana Jefferson at Andover Central uh, is a great coach and and uh, you know Taylor Stevens a good one at, at, at Bishop Carroll as well and those two you know they really just have similar programs that's going to be an outstanding uh, outstanding quarterfinal uh, Emporia and Andover you know Andover with Brooke Walker has has a uh, just a, a bona fide superstar there and and Emporia I just kind of I'm kind of curious with Emporia uh, to to play uh, the state tournament in your hometown at White Auditorium, and uh, you know they they've got some good wins. You know they beat Topeka High. They 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 do have some good wins, and and who knows how much that that hometown uh, support will will play a role. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I I may pick this bracket differently if you ask me tomorrow, but I'm going to go with Aquinas in the finals, and and I'm going to have Emporia. I'm going to throw a throw a, a little bone to my my college roommate Brad whose daughter Addie Kermer is a real good player for Emporia so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the the Spartans in the final but I do think Aquinas will uh will be the one that takes the title again this year yeah you know I've been to Emporia uh wide auditorium when an Emporia team was making a run at a state title the uh Emporia boys one year in 6a just had a un- unbelievable run to get to the championship game beat a Wichita Northwest team that year that had Sean Rhodes and and uh, another Division One 
inside presence. And Poria had one kid that was taller than six one, and Sean Rhodes was seven foot. <laughs> and they really had nobody that could guard him except he wanted to shoot threes the whole time. So you can guard a seven footer from the three point line. You can't guard him when he's inside with another six eight kid who is just a, a chiseled specimen. And Poria made a thrilling run to the finals that year, lost Lawrence in the championship game. So, And this year's Emporia girls team, I mean, what a story. They graduate eight seniors off of last year's team, and then they have three other girls they expect to be contributors go down with injuries this year. And so they're basically down 11 players from last year. Uh, Rebecca Snyder, one of the few – she was a lone starter back and, and really about the only player coming back that saw a ton of minutes last year. But Emporia has had a great year. Uh, you know, they lost to Rural. Uh, they've lost to Seaman at the buzzer. And then uh, their other loss is a really good loss as well. I can't, it, right off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but it's somebody that's qualified for the state tournament. So uh, Emporia has been a great story. That game with Andover, you know, they, they know a little bit about the style Andover will play because Han Alexander, who is Andover's first year head coach, has coached at Topeka High for the past uh, several years. And, and so Emporia is very, very knowledgeable about Andover. Uh, Brooke Walker, a great talent there. Andover Central with Stan and Jefferson. They just get to state and do well at state. That's what they do every single year, almost. Uh, Highland Park girls, what a story. Two years ago, they were basically combing the halls, asking girls to come play just so they could have a team. They had five players on their team, and two of them were girls. They basically went to the cheerleading team and to another, you know, just down the halls trying to get some players to come out so they could keep their season going. And now here they are, uh, 19-3, and and in the state tournament, uh, ran roughshod through the Meadowlark Conference, winning their first ever league title in program history. And then the championship, or not the championship, the number one seed, Seaman Girls, Great season for them. Uh, they uh, moved to the UKC this year. Uh, their only loss is double overtime to Baser Linwood. They beat Derby down in Emporia. They beat Shawnee Mission West and Samaya Nichols down in Emporia. And then they beat Emporia on their home court in the championship game of that midseason tournament. So Seaman really showed what it was made of at that midseason tournament. And that gives that should give them some confidence going to state because uh, they really weren't tested a whole lot in their in their other games. But that game with St. James. Uh, I'll abstain for personal reasons on making a prediction on that one, but uh, that's going to be a heck of a game. And uh, and uh, Siemens' defense is is locked down. They they just find a way to guard. They they were able to lock down Samaya Nichols. They were able to lock down Addy Brown. And so uh, Siemens can go out and really guard you. So that's going to be a tremendous first game. And then Aquinas is Aquinas. Six straight state championships, twenty nine consecutive state appearances, most by any program in state here at history for Aquinas and, and uh, until somebody beats him, I just don't think you can pick against them. So I got Aquinas and I, I think Andover has maybe what it takes to get to the, get to the state championship game this year. Uh, they, they played Andover central and beaten them this year. I uh, have those two playing each other in the semifinals with Andover central continuing its mastery over, over Carroll. But that semifinal, again, we, you know, we talked about blue Valley North, blue Valley Northwest and six, eight boys and over Andover central would be the same way in five, a girls. But uh, I do like Aquinas to, to win there. And then turning our attention to the boys side, look at the bracket. They start on Thursday, the 2 PM game Highland park, number, number one seed undefeated 22 and zero against baser Linwood. The only sub five hundred team in the in the field, Andover against Mays South in the four four o'clock game, Capen against Blue Valley Southwest in the six o'clock game, and then Hutchinson against Pittsburgh in the nightcap that night. And uh, you know 
the 5A girls field's a great one. The 5A boys is, is awfully loaded, too, and there's going to be some really good games. I really like that that first-round game between Andover and Mays South. Uh, I think that will be will be a really good contest in that one. And, and uh, Scott, uh, you want to start us off with, uh, with 5A boys? Yeah, I'm just uh, really intrigued by this. The one thing that I love this bracket because the, the top five ranked teams in the KBCA's final uh, poll – all made it to state. Uh, you got Highland Park at number one, and and that it, it you know the the Wichita area quartet of Hutch, Cape and May South and Andover. I agree that May South Andover game. I think it's going to be a it, it should be a just a great duel. May South took three outstanding games with Andover Central this year, and I I think there could be a similar uh, maybe a similar you know just tight connection in, in that game. I expect those uh, that game to come down to the wire. Andover has won eighteen straight, so. They really ride some momentum in, into the tournament. Uh, uh, and then, you know, Highland Park, I just – I was looking just 13 times this year. This year they've scored 80 points or more. So they've established the style that, that the, the that the rest of the teams in this field are, are going to have to crack. And, I, um, you know, I, I'm really intrigued, as, you know, with Cape of Mount Carmel and Steve Eck, who preaches just – his teams play outstanding defense – that's maybe the team I see getting through there, but it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for the Crusaders, I think, to to make it. Uh, obviously, Hutchinson uh, was undefeated all the way deep into the regular season until it lost to Derby. Uh, Hutchinson's got its own uh, uh, you know challenge to face in the first round in, in Pittsburgh with with its high scoring uh, guard Mason English, who's averaging close to thirty a game. So uh, you know the Salthawks have had a great season, but boy, every step of the way is going to be a test for them in this tournament. Uh, you know, if Hutchinson and Capen would would happen to meet up in a semifinal, that'll that'll be an intriguing coaching matchup because uh, uh, Brian Miller, Hutchinson's coach, served as Steve X assistant at Hutchinson Community College. So, uh, you know, a couple guys who used to to string together will have to to face each other in the semifinals if that game comes to fruition. But but in the end, uh, I've just uh, uh, just been impressed all season with what Highland Park has done, and and uh, you know the. That juggernaut of an offense, I, I, I'm going to pick them to to survive the 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 three the three game test that is the five A tournament. Uh, but I think they'll, they'll get a, gr- a great battle, and I'm going to say that battle is going to come from Cape and Mount Carmel in the final. So give me Highland Park over over Cape and uh, in the five A boys championship game. Yeah, with with Highland Park, you know, with them leaving the Centennial League, not the not the great competition that they usually see every year, but. They, they really got a good test at the Topeka Invitational Tournament, came through it. Uh, you know, I think, I think Bo Aldridge is, is a tremendous player for them. You know, they've, they've, when they have been tested, they've passed, they've passed every test. Uh, cue the Terminator theme music. I'm going with the Scots to, to, to win, and I think they'll be uh, caping again in the final. Uh, you know, obviously caping was, was – you know, so close last year, and then they just ran into a really, really hot Topeka Seaman team. But uh, you know, I think they'll they'll make another run behind Steve Eck, and they'll they'll be right there with a good chance to win it. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Just put Highland Park as state champ, and then I'll work through how I think the rest of the bracket's going to go. But uh, you know, Highland Park, we talk about like strength of schedule, and yeah, it's 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 maybe not as high in, in the the KC Atchison League or the Meadowlark League now. Uh, it, it's it's something when you look at who they did face, though, 
Like they went up against Lawrence. That's a really talented Lawrence team. Uh, they beat them by double digits. Uh, Atchison was really good this year. Their only losses, they just they can't beat uh, uh, Highland Park, and I think one other loss to, to Washington. But uh, that's a really good team that uh, beat them by 80-51 in the the most recent matchup. Uh, when they did have these top teams and they got a chance, uh, Eudora is a 4A state qualifier, 76 to 45. So uh, the, the, they didn't get those really close gritty challenges. So who knows what happens if they're in a close game, but it's hard to even imagine them in a close game, even against top flight competition. So Highland Park is uh, my pick for state champion for 5A boys. And from there, trying to figure out uh, how else it goes. Uh, I'm not even going to try to figure out Andover May South because whichever one, uh, it's going to be a really competitive game. Good luck in the, the semifinals there. Uh, on the other side, uh, a tough one for even, uh, you know, uh, Capen looking at, okay, I get the 14 and 8 uh, Blue Valley Southwest. That's a really uh, talented team that's better than their record. Uh, they also are a team that, uh, in addition uh, to Quillen Rank, uh, averaging 15 points a game for them, uh, they have a couple talented players that uh, are really pushing them up high, but they also, all of their role players are some of the stars of the football team. Uh, star quarterback Dylan Dunn, uh, you got some wide receivers and Tate. Everard and Alex Parks and Emmett Peters. So they got their role players as these really gritty football players that know what it's like to win big games. Uh, you add those in and they're going to give uh, Capen quite a challenge that first round. Still going with Capen to win it. Uh, Hutchison, Pittsburgh. We talked about Mason English for, for Pittsburgh. So going to be tough uh, there, but I'm going Hutchison through that next round. And then I'm just going to keep my plan of don't bet against the team that got the 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 higher seed. Uh, I'm gonna go with Capen, uh, you know, uh, getting through to that one. But that one's a coin flip to me. And then, obviously, like I said, I'm I'm sticking with Highland Park to to be the victor in the final there over Capen. Yeah, you know, last year's five uh, A state tournament was bananas on the opening day, where uh, Seaman was number eight seed, knocked off Cape and Mount Carmel, and St. James Academy was a seven seed, knocked off Topeka West. I don't think we'll have the same kind of craziness the first day, but I'll be a little contrarian, and I'm going to I'm gonna just do something a little different. I'm going to pick Andover to get to the championship game here. Uh, I think uh, Martin, uh, the Shetler, Martin Shetler, the coach, and Eli Shetler, you know, a couple of years ago, Andover was undefeated in the state tournament, and it got shut down at, at the, the COVID year. And, you know, I think that's stuck with Andover for, for quite a while. You know, they, they, uh, they, they want to get back and they want to kind of want to finish a little bit of what they started that year and didn't, didn't get to. And, you know, they haven't been to the state tournament. They didn't go to the state tournament last year, losing to Topeka West in a great sub-state championship game. But the style that they play and the, the athletes that they have, they've got three guys on their team that are going in either Division One or Division Two in either basketball or football. When you look at Eli Shetler – Chris Harris and then BJ Reddick and I, I think so I think they have the athletes that that can go out there and it's going to be who can get their style if Andover slows that game down and gets it into a, a grind it possession type of game that's something that really nobody's been able to do La Highland Park this year and and so we don't know how Highland Park can handle that so I and for I know when watching teams that love to run love to run love to run you get them out of run and they and sometimes they forget how to walk and so. Uh, I think that has a chance to be a very intriguing game. And just, 
just to be a little different from all you guys, I'll, I'll, I'll be contrarian and I'll pick Andover into the title game. And I had Capen coming out on the other side with Capen taking the championship this year. I think, I think uh, last year getting upset in that first round was such a stunner. And those guys that are back really want to uh, kind of go back and, and atone for last year. So I'm going to take Capen over Andover in, in a little bit of a surprise in, in class 5A boys. Class 4A boys and girls will be held at Tony's Pizza Event Center in Salina with the boys starting play on Wednesday with their quarterfinals. In the 2 o'clock game, you have top-seeded Hugoton against Clay Center. Uh, 4 o'clock, Eudora against Baldwin in a Frontier League matchup. At 6 o'clock, McPherson against Wellington. And then at 8 o'clock, Atchison against Bishop Miege. And looking at that bracket, I'll go ahead and lead it off here. It's kind of kind of similar to 5A girls. You don't you don't go against the team that always goes out there and proves that they can win it. And and so Bishop Miege is the team that, that has. I mean, they, they have a ton of state titles. They're on quite a run um, in Class 4A uh, in, in many sports, but basketball in particular. And, uh, and they, you know, their, their schedule is demanding and that's why they're 16 and six. They play in such a great league when you're talking about Blue Valley North, Blue Valley Northwest, St. James, Aquinas, Blue Valley Southwest, all these, all these standout teams in that Eastern Kansas league. And so they're tested and I like Miege to come through that bracket. I do like Hugoton. They're moving up from class 3A, Trey O'Neill. He was a state championship player at Scott City during his playing days. Now he's coaching at Hugoton. They've had a great season um, and were good at state last year. And and I expect them to come out on that side. And that Eudora Baldwin in the first round is a pretty intriguing matchup. Two teams that obviously know each other super well. And then McPherson and Wellington, also teams that know each other super well. So you got two two games where the teams really know each other quite well in the quarterfinals. But I like Hugoton against Miege in the finals with Miege taking the title. Yeah, Brent, I'd have to agree with your your final assessment there. That's that's what I ended up with. I give I give Hugoton's win over Southeast of Saline a lot of credibility this year. I, I've seen some highlights of Southeast of Saline, and you talk about it, uh, Taylor. We'll get to them in three A, but but I think a win over them uh, gives you some cachet. I mean, I think it it, it gives Hugoton the maybe the 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 credibility to, to move on and, and, and win a couple games here at state and get to that championship game. I think a semifinal possibly with Eudora uh, who beat uh, Baldwin earlier this season. I think that could be a really good, good matchup, but I, I do give the, the lean to Hugoton to get to the finals there. And, and uh, you know, McPherson and Wellington, as you mentioned, familiar, familiar foes. And uh, you know, for Atchison's sake, I think, you know, it's just too bad. It's a, you, you've got some really good wins and, and here you go. You get Bishop Miege in the first round. It's, it's uh, you know, that could have been a could have been a state championship match. It'll be a state quarterfinal match, and and uh, you know I, I agree with you though. I think Bishop Miege until until proven otherwise is is the 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 team in four A, and, and and you know Rick Zeit could get his uh, I believe it's his eighth title. Uh, you know that will tie him for second. Uh, could could tie him for second uh, with Newton's Frank Lindley for the all on the all time boys list. So uh, give me Bishop Miege to win over Hugoton. Yeah, I think I think I'll jump on the bandwagon with you guys. Uh, you, you know, talking about Hugoton, you know, I think Trey O'Neill is going to have a long and successful coaching career. Obviously, you know, he learned from one of the best, and his dad, Glenn O'Neill, who's had a lot of success at Scott City, and then you know at Seaman, and then now he's at Dodge City. Um, Trey was on Alex Hutchins' staff at at Hayes uh, for a couple of years, and was really integral in in helping that that team have success. So you know, I. 
I really do like Hugoton. They've got a really good one-two punch in uh, Riles, Riddle, Riles Riddlesberger and uh, Carson Bennett. Uh, I think Riddlesberger's, you know, averaging about 19, Bennett uh, about 16. So, you know, I think they're going to be a really dangerous team, and I'm picking them them to make to the finals. And then uh, Miege is Miege is Miege. I think the strength of the set the schedule this year and just you know, and just their experience, I think will will let them prevail again. I'm gonna try to get fancy here, but not too fancy. Still got Miege uh, going pretty deep uh, on the uh, side of the, the front side of the bracket. Uh, I, I'm going. I, I'm gonna go for an upset here. I, I've been going Hugoton going in the the second round, but uh, I, I'm picking Baldwin to, to beat Eudora. I know it was a pretty good victory in early January for Eudora over Baldwin. Uh, but I, I know what Baldwin can do when it's clicking and with the Cooper brothers, uh, who also had some success making it to the, uh, soccer, uh, state final, uh, they can play and they can get that offense, uh, really going. Uh, they can also play some, 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 some really good defense as well. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick them to get the win. I'm actually going to pick them to pick up two of the wins. I, I'm, I'm picking Baldwin to make it into the final. Uh, it, it, it's a tough one. That's as far of a limb as I'm willing to go. Cause on the other side, I got Miege uh, going to the next round, uh, beating a tough, uh, Atchison team. Uh, probably uh, I'm thinking McPherson making it to, to the semifinal, but, uh, just at this point with, with where, uh, Miege is at, uh, I, I think they're going to be able to, to to make it on into the final and get a, another state title. And I'm going to be really upset with myself when it's Hugoton making it all the way through. But uh, that's that's what I'm that's as much as I'm willing to do a rematch of the the soccer uh, state final and uh, expect a hearty effort from the the the, the Carr brothers, but still going to have Miege getting the win there over Baldwin. Sounds good. So I think we're unanimous there and we're probably going to be unanimous on the girls side of the action as well. And it's going to sound pretty similar to the boys side uh, with the Bishop Miege girls back. Yeah, they're the eight seed, but yeah, they're Miege. And, uh, you know, Wellington last year had the dream season going undefeated all the way to the state semifinals and then get to uh, get run out of the gym by Miege in a 40 point loss. This year they get to meet in the quarterfinals. So congratulations uh, to Wellington for, uh, for getting there, but you know what? I think I think Wellington will show better this time around. I, I don't think it's going to be that forty-point game that we saw last year. I think I think things just snowballed on Wellington a year ago, and and uh, and I think Miege was just able to kind of just put the gas on the pedal and, and just keep going. And I think this year, I think I think Wellington will give them a good game. I think you know they're they're a, a really good team like just like Wamigo was and Wamigo pushed Miege all the way through in that sub-state championship game you know Wamigo girls had one loss going into the sub-state finals and they had to play Miege to, to get to state and Wamigo very well could be the second best team in, in girls class 4a they're sitting home this week not at the state tournament and just an outstanding group of seniors that have won golf titles and and softball titles and 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 just been outstanding at Wamigo and and they just had the unfortunate uh unfortunate seating spot where you know, Miege and their their schedule where they they face out of state competition uh, all season long. I think five of their losses are teams not from Kansas. Other losses have come to Aquinas and St. James and 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 Blue Valley. And so, you know, you're you're talking about every single one of their losses is 
is better than most teams' wins are. So, um, you know, Miege, I do like them. Uh, but I think even their semifinal game is going to be a good one. Their, their, their path this year to, to win another state title it might be as tough as it's been in a long time. And when you look at, at Wellington in the first round, Hugoton, a team that has some great senior talent. When you talk about uh, Samaya Adigan, Gianna Boss, and Mike and Hamlin, uh, they've been a, they were in the state championship game in 3A last year, move up to 4A this year. And it, Hugoton is a very strong opponent. And that's going to be a good test in the semifinals with Hugoton facing Independence in the first round at 4 o'clock on Thursday. And then on the other side of the bracket, you got McPherson, which they're, they're the they're the team that's interrupted uh, Miege's streak here of, of owning the last uh, decade in Class 4A. McPherson got the state title in 2018 behind, oh, some girl named Taylor Robertson, uh, who's on, only become the greatest three-point shooter in, in women's Division I basketball history. And so, but McPherson um, has some great talent. Chris Strothman does an incredible job with that program. And they're a team that, they also take on just a loaded schedule. They don't shy away from playing anybody. And so if there's a team capable of knowing what it takes to play and beat Miege, it's McPherson. And, and McPherson, just to get there, they're going to have to beat a Hayden team that, that won at the buzzer, uh, knocking off Fort Scott in their sub-state. And then Andale and Parsons are down on that side of the bracket in the 8 o'clock game on, on Thursday and you look at Andale, and all they do is win state titles in seemingly whatever sport it is they, they decide to participate in down in Andale. And so, you know, an Andale-McPherson semifinal, if that happens, will be a war. And then uh, Miege-McPherson or Miege-Andale or even Hugoton, uh, I, think, I think the Final Four this year is going to be an outstanding, outstanding Final Four this year. And I think Miege wins, but I think this is a it's, – it's not a – uh, not a blow through the blow through the tournament like they did last year when they won by 35 points a game. I think this year it's it's more of a struggle for me to get it done. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Brent. I think I think that's the, I think well I think Wellington is going to dig in in that first round and, and be determined to, to have a better showing than they did last year. Uh, you know, Brent Zeke is coming off a, a sub-state final performance with seven three-pointers, 27 points. Uh, they they lost to their regular season finale to, to Andale and got, got beat pretty bad. And I was kind of curious as to what that would do, you know, do to them uh, coming into, into this tournament. But they, they, they dominated in the sub-state uh, tournament. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're – I, I could see them giving Miege a much better game this year. And I hope – you know, I hope they do for their sake. I mean, they, they're still a very young team uh, with Brett Zika of Al Norwood. Uh, they've got they've got some really good young talent, so they're they're a team that's that's probably not making its last run at this. Uh, but I do see Miege getting past them again, and then like you said, Hugoton, uh, Hugoton's got that that experience from 3A last year, and McPherson is just a solid program. You're in and you're out. So if, I agree with you. Miege is I, I think Miege takes the title, but when they do it, it's going to end up being a path that 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 includes you know or that ends up being defeating the number one team in Wamigo in the sub-state, and then they're they're going to end up defeating number three, Wellington, number four, Hugoton, and number two, McPherson. So your final four victories of the season uh, for Miege to get that title uh, are going to go go through the top four teams uh, in 4A. So uh, give me Miege over McPherson in the finals, and, and uh, but uh, I do expect a tougher road for Miege. Yeah, you know, talking about Hugoton a little bit, uh... You know they they were without Mike and Hamlin uh, for the first half of the se- 
she got back right after Christmas break. So, uh, you know, they kind of they took some lumps there early on against, you know, really good opponents. Um, but when Hamlin got back, I think they're 14 and one with her. And while she was out, uh, you know, Gianna Voss and then Samaya Adigan really kind of they they stepped, they were the leaders and, you know, uh, everybody kind of leaned on them. And I think, you know, in talking to Coach Adigan about it, I, I think he, you know, maybe that was. I don't know if blessing is in disguise is the right word, but there were some benefits in you know having having to get by for a little bit without without Mike and and when when she and since she's back they've been really you know clicking on all cylinders. Uh, with that said, you know I'm tempted. I, th- I think they'll beat Independence in a close game. I'm tempted to to go with the upset over Miesh, but I just can't quite pull the trigger on it. Um, you know I just think. For the same reasons I picked NBA's boy, just the strength of schedule. I I I think they're you know they're used to they're used to playing really tough teams, and I think I think they're going to pull it out again. Uh, and on the other on the other side, I will agree with you guys and say McPherson. So I'm going to say uh, and McPherson in the title game with uh, Miege winning. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Miege uh, getting that win over Wellington. It's going to be tough, but you look at the the team and. Uh, just the endless line of Verholst and McCallops and 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 uh, just having uh, you know Kirsten Verholst leading this year, Grace McCallop uh, being as good as she is. They, they, I, I see them getting that victory. Uh, then uh, Independence, I'm gonna pick them to win. Uh, they've had a little bit of a tough road towards the end of the regular season. Couple uh, an OT loss by a couple points. Uh, another one that was one or two points the next game. Uh, so they've kind of had that to just, you know, kind of get them to know, okay, let's recalibrate, let's get this going. But uh, they have a really, really good team uh, that I'm going to get them out of the first round, but Miege is going to get that win in the semifinals. Uh, on the other side, uh, in agreement with you guys, McPherson and then probably uh, Andale making it through theirs, McPherson getting the win in the semis. Uh the longer it was, the more I was ready to do this, but I'm finally ready to take uh, a, a leap of faith here. I'm going to go McPherson with the upset in the finals. Uh, you you look at their schedule this year, and we're talking about strength of schedule with Miege, but without a doubt, McPherson had that strength of schedule too. There two losses. Uh, Derby was by uh, 14 points, but that's a really good team there. Uh, St. James Academy, 56-48 which, uh, you know, is is a team that split games with Miege this year, uh, but St. James Academy lost theirs in OT, and then they got a blowout victory uh, as a response to that. So uh, being able to stick with St. James Academy, all the other big wins that they've had this year, I think McPherson is, is right there, and mostly... I know it's going to be a tough game. Miege normally proves that they can get it, but you got to lose at some point, right? And it makes me look like a genius that they win it. So I'm willing to go out on the limb. I'm going McPherson in the final. I like it, and then it's it's not it's not a uh, not a not a big limb to go out on. I I, mean, I think McPherson is definitely a uh, a uh, team capable of doing it. But kudos to Mac for for going the going the opposite way with all of us. So uh, we'll we'll see if that takes root fruition. And I know. Uh, I know it, it'll be a great, uh, great tournament to watch out there. Speaking of great tournaments, I'm not sure you get a better field than what you get at Girls Class Six, Class Three A down at the Hutchinson Sports Arena. When you look at the 
the the brackets really for boys and girls. You know, Class 3A, I used to go there year after year after year when I worked for the Capital Journal. And it was always just a great tournament with just seemed seem like top-notch teams. And this year's girls field is just second to none. When you look at the top six teams in the tournament have combined for seven losses this season. That's just insane. You've got undefeated Phillipsburg taking on Riley County in the 2 p.m. game. Cheney, 21-2 against Eureka, 21-2 at the 4 o'clock game. Undefeated defending champion Goodland, 23-0 against Frontenac, 17-6 in the 6 o'clock game. And then Silver Lake, 22-1 against Santa Fe Trail, 21-2 in the 8 o'clock game. And, I mean, you want to talk about a loaded field because even the teams that don't have those glossy records like Riley County and Frontenac, you're talking about teams that have, have just been battle-tested. Riley County handed Silver Lake its only loss of the year in a, in a triple overtime game. And, oh, by the way, they won their sub-state beating a one-loss team and a two-loss team on the way to getting to the state tournament in Riley County, a program that long has history uh, under Harold Oliver back, in, back in, uh, for many years, and now it's Kelsey Nelson, sister of Jordy Nelson, who happens to be an assistant coach for the Falcons. Uh, they're on the bench. Kelsey won a state championship while playing for Riley County. So this 3A field is absolutely loaded. I'm jealous of Brad Hallier, who gets to cover this tournament for us, because you want to talk about just some awesome games setting up here. And Ricky, we'll start with you, because you might be like me. I, I like the I like the showdown uh, potential for undefeated Goodland and undefeated Phillipsburg to meet in the in what would be just a truly epic championship game. Yeah, and that showdown was in the sub-state championship game last year. So, I mean, I'm really glad that they were in different sub-states. That would have been pretty bad if both of them were in the same one this year. I mean, that would have been a tough tough deal. But, um, you know, talking about Phillipsburg, I've said it before, Heather Skimper, getting her back makes all the difference. I mean, she's a tremendous multi-sport athlete. Last year, um, she tore up her knee in volleyball and just couldn't play basketball. Um, This year, she really gives them a good rebounder or good scoring inside. And obviously, you know, everybody knows about Terrence Sides, I think. Terrence Sides, um, 2,000-point career scorer, you know, one of the best one of the best players this area has ever seen, maybe the state's ever seen. I mean, just a really, really great all-around player. Um, you know, and then on on the other side, Goodland, uh, you know, your, your state champions last year pulling out a one-point win over Hugoton in the final. Um, Telexa Weeders, a Fort Hayes state signee, uh, just a really versatile player. She's a, a six foot wing, can do it all. And they've and she's got they just got a great chemistry. I mean, there's Lindsay Cure and and Olivia Layman. I mean, they they've played together a lot in big moments, both on volleyball both in volleyball and basketball. Uh to me, this is the tough this is the toughest call to me. I, I mean, I know it's a great field and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Phillipsburg or Goodland, um, you know, get get upset in the quarters or the or the semis. I don't even know if you could call it that an upset the way this the way this field is. But in trying to pick between those two for the finals, I really think it's gonna go. It could go either way. But I'm gonna say Phillipsburg gets it done, um, and that Heather Skimper having her makes the difference. So Phillipsburg over Goodland in the title game. Yeah, I just think any time you get a chance to have that matchup, I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna my pick is gonna be more of a wish. I mean, it's when you've got a chance to get two twenty-five and O teams 
uh, going at it in the state finals. I mean, that's that's just uh, uh, it's just poetic justice to me. I, I love that opportunity, especially given the the close regional proximity of Goodland and Phillipsburg. Uh, it is great they didn't meet in the sub-state final. I, I would love to have this one in the, in the championship game, and and uh, that that's kind of the way I'm leaning. Although I don't think let's let's don't just skip to Saturday because this is this as Brent said, this field is outstanding. I think that Eureka Cheney four five matchup could be a really good one. Uh, Cheney right after their midseason tournament took a 24 uh, just kind of a one of those those head scratching losses they lost by 24 at Garden Plain a team they beat a couple days earlier to to win the Haven tournament and since then I, I don't know what whatever Garden Plain did to Cheney it, it, it got them going they have been they have been on a roll ever since they haven't lost they've won every game by by at least double figures and and uh, yeah they they definitely could could uh could be a team that stands in the way of Phillipsburg uh, getting into into that final, and then, like Brent said, Silver Lake and and, and the Riley Counties are just they're battle tested teams. Uh, that should be there. There just should be some really good games in three A. But uh, but I'll I'll agree with the matchup. I think it's 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 Goodland and Phillipsburg in the final, and I'm gonna uh, you know I'll I'll, I'll flip Ricky, Ricky's pick and I, and I'll go with the Cowgirls to 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 win that three A title again. Yeah, I think looking at it, I'm 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 in the same boat of picking Phillipsburg and Goodland uh, to to make it to the final. Uh, I'm probably going to go uh, Cheney to to face Phillipsburg in the semifinals. Uh, on the closest I'm getting to the upset, you know, picking a six over a three, but it's also a twenty-two and one team against a twenty-one and two team. I'm going to go Santa Fe Trail to to get the win over Silver Lake, but then. Phillipsburg and Goodland get those wins to face off, and I'm going to agree with Scott. Uh, I'm going to go Goodland to, to to get that repeat. Yeah, in a tournament like this, it's hard to believe that I went chalk, but I did. I went chalk the entire way. I, I, I went Phillipsburg, Genie, Goodland, and Silver Lake. Uh, Silver Lake handed trail one of its two losses this year, and and I think uh, you know the the Eagles took third last year. They beat uh, beat Ava Jones and Nickerson in the in the third place game after losing in the semifinals to Goodland. And uh, but I like Goodland against Phillipsburg in the finals again. Like Scott, it's probably a probably a wish list uh, type of thing where you just want to see if there's two 20, 23 and O teams, you want to see them get to the finals and face each other. But you know, yeah, it's it's just hard to believe. I I I think chalk on this one because every game has the potential for for the lower seed to win. But I'm gonna take. Uh, Phillipsburg and Goodland, but I will go against Chalk at the end. I took Goodland to defend their state titles. So uh, I think it'll be a great game, and it could be one of those games where Taryn Side just plants the uh, the final exclamation point on a career and maybe goes out and, and drops 40 on somebody, and you're just like, holy cow, what just happened here? So uh, don't be shocked if that happens, but uh, I think that it's just going to be an outstanding tournament. Every single game down there is just going to be a great game. And then on the boys' side in, in Hutchinson, I, you're looking at a field that's almost as good when you look at, you know, six of the eight teams go in with 20 wins or more. And so, uh, you know, it's a it's a great field. You got Galena undefeated against two against Wellsville at two o'clock on Thursday. Marysville 21 and two against Collegiate 20 and three at four o'clock. Southeast Saline 22 and one against Perry LeCompton 19 and four at six. And then Heston, the two-time defending state champion, closes out the quarterfinal night at 8 o'clock against Colby. And, uh, wow, when this bracket came out, I, the first thing I thought was, man, it's a shame that Southeast Saline and Heston are on the same side of the bracket. And that's no disrespect to the teams on the other side of the bracket. Those two teams started the season playing each other, 
And I kind of figured they would be end the season playing each other. But the way the bracket shapes out, if they're going to meet, they're going to meet in the semifinals. And, and what a semifinal that should be, Scott. Yeah, no, that's uh, – I think – I think you're right on. I mean, I, Southeast of Saline with the win over Heston in, in the in the season opener. Uh, Heston is is a proud champion for what they lost after last year. They Jake Proctor, uh, I think he has put together one of the great senior seasons uh, anywhere. Uh, you know, certainly this year across the state, uh, he's having an outstanding season. He's had some big scoring games and really really lifted the Swathers on his shoulders this year after that season opening loss. They haven't lost since and and. Uh, I think if they can, you know, they, they get that matchup with, with Southeast, it, it will be, you know, it'll be worth the money for sure. Uh, I, I do see Southeast of Selena. Like I said, I've just been, I haven't seen them in person, but I, I, I've caught them on highlights and it is, I don't know, it kind of, they kind of remind me of that, uh, that Florida Gulf Coast team, the Dunk City or whatever it was. I mean, they just have the, that, maybe not on that level, but, but for a high school team, for a 3A high school team, I'm really impressed with what they have athletically. Uh, so I'm going to take Southeast of Saline to the finals. And, and uh, it, you know, Mitch Fiegel's got a really young collegiate team uh, this year that, that uh, I think is, a, is really primed for a good future. And maybe I think this week, I think this week they can they can get to the final and get a taste of that. I don't I don't think they have enough to, to overtake Southeast of Saline, but I'm going to I'm going to take Southeast of Saline to win it all uh, and the Spartans to to get to the, the doorstep and, and maybe gain some good experience for, for what might come down the road. Yeah, when I really started paying attention, you know, I know South Southeast Saline has had a good year all year long, but when you know, I. Ellenwood, I know they kind of stumbled. They stumbled in substate and didn't get it done. But you know they they were a great team all year long. And for Southeast of Saline to beat them seventy four to forty eight, I mean that that kind of opened my eyes to them. Um, so I I think I'm going to go Southeast Saline and then Galena. Uh, you know twenty three and zero. You know I think they'll be they'll be looking for they'll be motivated after you know losing a you know in a heartbreaking loss to TMP last year right at the buzzer um I think I think I'm gonna go Galena versus uh Southeast Selene in the final and uh Southeast Selene to win it yeah I think uh looking at it uh similar situation but I'm gonna go with Heston getting uh the win over Southeast Selene in the, the semifinals I'm gonna go Galena uh m- making it on through uh, probably uh, uh, Wichita Collegiate to 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 get through to the semifinals to face him, but Galena makes it on to the finals, and then it's a a, a tough matchup. But I'm gonna go Galena to to be able to pull it off. Uh, Tyler uh, Little uh, has just been a double double machine this year. Uh, they also have uh, Ty Hall has been able to 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 also uh, be pretty ferocious on the boards as well. Uh, Maverick Harmon and and Jack Perry. Uh, it, it so it's uh, really dominant performances from Tyler Little, but he has all of the accompaniment with him to 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 be able to to really just uh, bring it here in the in the at state. So uh, it it'll be tough for them to to get victory over whichever team they end up uh, going up against if they can make it to the finals. But I'm going Galena to get the victory over Heston. And that would be a rematch of the 2021 state championship game where Heston beat Galena for the state title uh, that season to start their run of two straight. And I swear Scott's stealing my stuff again because I also picked Collegiate to sneak out of that that top side of the bracket and get to the state championship game. So either Scott and I are on the same wavelength or something's going on here. He's, he's got a spy hidden in my office here. But uh, 
you know, Southeast Lane. I am for for Southeast Lane too. There's a little sting from having their football season come to a stunning end. Uh, they were undefeated going into the state semifinals and lost to Kingman in a in a thrilling game in overtime. A game that they really thought they kind of had won, and then Kingman made a miraculous comeback late. So I think there's some sting with that. And, you know, they have everybody back from last year's team that was at state and that took third. And so I, lo- I really like Southeast Saline's um, veteran experience at the state tournament. Their only loss is to Hugoton in the finals of the Sterling Invitational. So I'm going to go with Southeast Saline over collegiate. But, you know, Galena has, has been very good over the past uh, several years and do, done well at state and really shown out well for Southeast Kansas there. Marysville's had a great bounce back season. I saw them win a state title in Hutchinson a few years back. Uh, Perry LeCompton also uh, had a great season. Uh, Cameron Kniper comes over from Silver Lake and really gives them a one-two punch with Gunner Ball. They knocked off Olathe Heritage Christian in overtime in sub-state finals. And then Colby's had had an awesome season out there. Hunter Vaughn for Colby. uh, And then Wellsville is the other team there. Uh, Brent... uh, Brent Dorsey led Wellsville to a state title when he was a player, and now his son Willie Dorsey is one of their star players this year. They just have a they have a tough draw in Galena, but Wellsville is one of those teams that always seems to come into state with a as a low seed, as an eight type seed, and then they always seem to manage to pull an upset here or there. So be be wary very wary of Wellsville in that number eight spot as well. I'll be at Class Two A in Manhattan at Bramlage Coliseum. For that tournament and boys action starts on Wednesday at 2 p.m. You got Wichita Independent against Pittsburgh St. Mary's Colgan. Four o'clock, Bennington against Medicine Lodge. Six o'clock, TMP Marion against Horton. And then eight o'clock, Mound Ridge against St. Mary's. And look at this field. And only three of these teams were there a year ago. Wichita Independent and Colgan both fell in the first round or fell last year in the first round, I believe. And then uh, St. Mary's made it to the state championship game where they lost to Hillsboro. Uh, the Bears get back this year, knocking off Linden, which took third at state last year in overtime in their sub-state game. Keller Hurla, one of the best scorers in the state for them, uh, has, has, uh, has been for the past couple of years. He was an all-state football player this year, leading St. Mary's to a football state title. Now they're looking to add a basketball state title. And this is a really good field as well. You know, Wichita Independent kind of kind of got their baptism by fire at state last year. They had to open up against Hillsboro and and they, they weren't they were not quite ready for prime time uh, last year. This year they've had had some new new faces come in and they're ready. I mean they're they're 21 and 2, have had a great season. Uh, you know, they they've beaten Mound Ridge already this year. One of their losses is the Life Prep. Uh, so they're uh, their other loss was the Garden Plain. They avenged that loss in sub-state play. And so Wichita Independent comes in as a top seed. And I think they're prepared to be a top seed. But that's a tough draw in Colgan. That that record will fool you. Colgan, year in, year out, is a team that can, get, makes it to state and does well when they get to state, no matter what their record is. You know, they play in a league that has Galena and Frontenac and, and Riverton and, and very good. That CNC basketball is very good down there. And so their record – is a little deceiving, and that should be a really good first-round matchup. And Bennington having a great season, one of its best seasons it's ever had um, coming through. And then uh, TMP drops down from 3A a year ago where they they uh, took third in 3A last year, or fourth in 3A last year. They're down in, in 2A this year, 
And they're the team that I really kind of like to uh, to win the title this year. I, th- I think with them having been in 3A and and done well in 3A for many years, uh, I remember one year where they were the eight seed and they upset uh, number one seeded Mar Hill and, and did so pretty convincingly. And, and uh, TMP just has a strong basketball tradition, and Ricky can speak more to that when we get to him. But uh, And then the, the, that, that last game, that 8 o'clock game, is the one that just intrigues me with St. Mary's. They don't have a lot back from last year, but what they got is is pretty darn good in Keller Hurla. And then Mound Ridge, just, you know, they're one of those states programs that when you talk about the best programs the state's ever seen, Mound Ridge is a name that typically pops up for boys and girls basketball. And and Scott, you got a chance to talk a little bit uh, to, to Vance Unruh uh, heading into state this year uh, in that showdown. Yeah, I was actually uh, journeyed up to Mound Ridge uh, from from down here in Wichita on Monday and, and spent some time at their practice. And and I just got to say for for St. Mary's Keller Hurla, uh, the guy that played Keller in, in practice for Mound Ridge the other day, he had free reign to launch. And so I you know I you know Keller's averaging twenty six a game and and uh, but he was he's well respected in the Mound Ridge uh, you know on the Mound Ridge team because uh, the 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 guy that got to be him in practice had a had a fun day yesterday so there's just a little insider information into that that APM first round matchup but but yeah just kind of handicapping this two A field I think you're right on independent uh, they got that baptism by fire last year against Hill. <clears throat> In the in the state quarterfinals and and are a little more seasons the season this year with Connor Harris and, and Christian Dean and Joseph uh, Ricalde Phillips one of their good football players uh, uh, you know they are twenty one and two they did have you know a, kind of a head scratching loss to Garden Plain here late in the season but have, have put that uh, put that behind them and and I think they're a very credible number one seed uh, Bennington you mentioned. Uh, as good as good as inside tandem as you're going to find, they've got a couple six 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 seven guys in Eli Lawson, and then the uh, the name of the tournament, Mister Smith, M I S T E R is his first name, Mister Smith. So uh, Lawson and Smith are are uh, really two two good bookend uh, forwards for for Bennington, and and that's a good team. Uh, at Bennington and, and Mound Ridge had a had a great battle in the Canton Galva Invitational <clears throat> uh, in January. Mound Ridge pulled that out in overtime, so. So there's there's a little handicapping of the field and and I you know I know Ricky will talk more about Thomas Moore prep I, I think any team with a 20 game winning streak is is a team to be reckoned with and and so they those teams are all adding depth to that field but but I went up to Mound Ridge uh, as you mentioned to talk to Vance Vance Unrell uh, a five time state champion with with Mound Ridge he he coached one of the great dynasties in the in the early 90s with J C Holloway who went on to Iowa State uh, they had Dwight Helms who went on to Hutchinson Community College and played. The Helms and Holloway, uh, you know, one of the great duos the state has ever produced in high school basketball, and and uh, uh, and then this year's team has a lot of legacy connections to those those early 1990s teams that that won the 2A title from 90 to 93, and also had a <clears throat> also had a then state record 59 game winning streak. Uh, this year, Landon Kaufman. Uh, is Mound Ridge's point guard, and Landon's dad, Steve, was on the on the 1990 and 91 state championship teams. Uh, Logan Churchill, they're they're really good six seven forward. Uh, he's the he's the son of uh, Tara Holloway Churchill, uh, who was inducted into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame this year. Tara helped Mound Ridge win a state title in the mid 90s, uh, and and Logan's uncle's uncle also happens to be J.C. and Brian Holloway, who played for some of. Coach Unrau's state championship teams, and and then there's a couple others who have Barrett Modelmog, their leading scorer. His dad was part of that that ninety through ninety three uh, uh, state title winning connection. So, <clears throat> so I think there's some some great symmetry with Mound Ridge. 
uh, you know, coming coming back to the state championship. This is their first state tournament bid in 10 years. That's kind of hard to believe for me, but but here it is in, in Coach Unrau's final season after 36 years at Mound Ridge. Uh, not only does he come to state with a really good team, but he brings he brings kids that have the, this age uh, that connects back to, to the early 90s when, when he was a young coach and, and, and really had a dominant dynasty back then. So uh, they may be the sentimental favorite. You know, I know a lot of teams that have been losing to Mound Ridge over the years may not feel that way, but uh, there, there's a potential for a fairy tale ending here with Mound Ridge. But, but it, you know, it, it's not going to be easy. St. Mary's, as Brent mentioned, a, a very formidable, formidable foe. Uh, Thomas Moore Prep is on that side of the bracket, and then Bennington and Wichita Independent. Uh, you know, if the seeds play out, those are going to be three tough tests to 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 get to that final. Um, one thing before I slipped out of Mound Ridge, I did have a chance to sit down with Coach Unrau and just talk not only about this year's team but kind of that that legacy that he's leaving behind. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Pask, the South Central Kansas reporter for KCCovered.com. We hope you're enjoying the KC Covered State Basketball Tournament Preview Podcast. The show's about to get a lot better because of my next guest. Uh, the Mound Ridge Wildcats first qualified for the Boys State Basketball Tournament over 100 years ago. Uh, now, Vance Unrell was not the coach back then, but he has been for the last 36 seasons on the sidelines for the Wildcats. Uh, Vance has won 563 games. Uh, that includes a 19-4 state tournament record in nine appearances. Uh, he also uh, was orchestrated a 59-game winning streak back in the early 90s, a, a streak that started at the tail end of the 1990-91 season and stretched into the beginning of the 1993-94 campaign. Uh, coach Unrau is one of 17 boys coaches in Kansas high school history with at least five state titles. And in 1997, the KBCA named him the Coach of the Year after he won his fifth state title uh, with a victory over Moundridge's arch rival Inman. Uh, this year... Coach Unrau is going out in style. He has a really good ball club. They are 20-3 and three on a 13-game winning streak. And after winning the Sterling Substate, they will be the number three seed in the Class 2A quarterfinals on Wednesday night, playing the St. Mary's Bears at 8 p.m. Wednesday in, in Manhattan's Bramlage Coliseum. Um, so, Coach, uh, you know, congratulations on, on making it to state for the 10th time. Just uh, how does it feel? You know, it's been a little while now since, since you've had a team at State, but to, to get one back uh, well, to Manhattan. Well, thank you, Scott. Uh, certainly, every trip to the state tournament is special. And uh, after a 10-year absence, uh, this one uh, is really, really uh, very gratifying. And uh, I, I tell the kids, hey, let's take advantage of the opportunity. So we're going to do our best next week or this week. Well, you've got a you've got a group that, uh, and, and we'll discuss some legacy legacy connections here. But uh, Coach Unrau and I go back. Uh, I, I saw his first state championship team in 1990, and, and we'll 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 get to them a little bit in here in a little bit. Uh, last week, Mound Ridge won the Sterling Substate, defeating the host uh, Bears 60 to 45 in the finals, and that that concluded a, a, a week run that went through Hutchinson Trinity and also Inman in the semifinals. And, and Coach, we talked at the Canton Galva Invitational after you won that. Uh, that 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 tournament that tournament feel you had back in January would would maybe be a good primer for for what happened in Substate and and just tell me how your kids played uh, through that through the course of those three games in a, in a really great atmosphere. Well, back in November when the uh, Substates came out, it was uh, it was uh, 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 a lot of woe to us, woe to me. 
uh, type of type of feeling because we knew the teams that were regionally uh, positioned in the in the Sterling substate were all going to be very very good this year, and uh, as it turned out, uh, four of those eight teams were in the top ten uh, ranked at the at the end of the season. So it was a gauntlet of a uh, of a substate. We knew that going in. Uh, so you know you. Like I told the kids and I told anybody else who asked, I simply said, hey, number one, you don't have to beat everybody. Uh, yeah, it might depend on, well, who do you want to play in, the, you know, who do you want on your side of the bracket? Well, would you rather play them in the sub-state uh, semifinals or would you rather play them in the finals? <laughs> you know, you can get really, really uh, locked up into, you know, what ifs and, and how are you going to handle certain situations. But bottom line is, you just got to take one of those at a time. And, and I told our kids, I said, let's be us. Let's just play and be us. Because coming into the season, uh, I knew that we had a special group. I knew that we probably had some of the pieces. Uh, and, you know, just based on uh, some of the great kids that I've coached mm-hmm. over the years. And I've coached some, some wonderful, wonderful kids uh, very talented kids, but this group probably, and it's it's kind of the nature of the time. They had the opportunity to work on their game and be a part of out of the season, off season development uh, more than any team. Not necessarily more than any individual, mm-hmm. but collectively more than any team uh, that I've ever coached. And not only were these guys, did they have. Uh, talent they were athletic but uh at least at least three of our best players maybe four of our best players would list basketball as their number one Mm -hmm. they're they're all two or three sport athlete kind of guys but basketball means a lot to them so i knew that you know they're going to invest so they invested heavily and some of these guys have been playing since they were in the third grade Mm -hmm. or before and so they've been playing and uh, they had the opportunity uh, through AAU programs and MAYB and those kind of things to go to a lot of tournaments and to find out what is out there. And I think that's one of the things that I, I think that that, uh, you know, gives a, kids an opportunity today that think, well, I'm, I'm pretty good or I'm, I'm the best player on my particular team. So you get out there and you see you, you have to really, really get a lot better. And, and these kids just, uh, they, they worked on individual skill development. They, they played a lot of basketball. They got exposed to a lot of really, really good players. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, those kids that invest, deeply invest uh, in their game, they're the ones that are the last to give up. Yeah. And that's been one quality of this group of players that they have said, okay, um, uh, we've put in the time. Yeah. And now, now it's our turn. And, uh, you know, I've told the kids, too, I said, you know, this is a situation where um, uh, it's we were made for this time. You put in what you you invested what you need to. And, uh, you know, it's it's like moments like this are 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 made for you to 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 let whatever you put in to really be um, 
you know, a part of you tonight. And that's, that's how we went into last week's substate. I see. I see. Well, this is a team that was 7-3 and three going to the Canton tournament and has won 13 straight now heading, heading to state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, this winning streak started, uh, I think the second win in that streak was an overtime win over Bennington, who uh, Bennington will be at the 2A state tournament. Right. Uh, that game, I, I, your, your standout point guard, Landon Kaufman, scored a tying basket to get that game to overtime. Was that a sp- maybe a springboard for what's, what's taking place here in the second half of the season? Well, you know, a couple of things that I really love about practice. And, you know, people ask me a lot of times, well, do you like practice better or do you like games better? Oh, I love games. I'm not going to lie to you. I love coaching in games. Uh, uh, practice can be kind of a grind, mm-hmm. but games are, are – man, you never have to give up, get up for going to a game. Uh, but I will tell you that one thing in practice that we do a lot of is time and score situations, especially after you get all the fundamental workout, you know, during the, uh, you know, the foundation of the early season and things like that. And one of the things that we, we, we practice is – down to five seconds left. Uh, and I, I told the guy, we're going to run Landon. Well, Landon is that play. Get the ball to Landon and get to the rim. I see. <laughs> and he did it. We tied it up and, and found a way to win. And certainly, you know, that was our second time that we'd gone against Bennington. And Bennington has a, a really nice team. Mm-hmm. They have two of the uh, uh, finest inside players that you're going to find in a small school and maybe in a larger school mm-hmm. in, 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 in Lawson and, and um, um, I've, Mr. It's his first name, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, and they have, they have some nice guards mm-hmm. too, good shooting guards. So they're going to be, they're going to be something to contend with. And so I'm really proud that, you know, two Heart of America League schools right. got a chance to, uh, to go to the, the state tournament um, and, and and showcase what our league does because you talk about our league. Our league was incredibly tough. You look at uh, you look at uh, Bennington, mm-hmm. and you look at Inman, and you look at Sterling uh, as the top four teams, along with Mount Ridge in, in that league. Those are some quality teams. Definitely. So in a year where you're pretty good, playing that kind of schedule really makes you better because it puts you in situations where there's no walkovers. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would even say that. You know, our first-round game over here with Hutch Trinity, with uh, Hamakey as their point guard, he's gone off for 40 this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and he comes from a great bloodline of really, really good, fine players. Um, you know, that wasn't a walkover. Yeah. That's a two versus seven, and it, was, it turned out to be a, a high-quality game. So, um, you know, our schedule this year really, really prepared us for, for the postseason, and now we just have to take advantage of yeah. it. Well, you brought up the word bloodlines, and that, that this program has some, some definite bloodlines running through it, the, the aforementioned Landon Kaufman being one of them. Uh, Coach Unruh promised me he'd go on a stroll down memory lane with me, so I'm going, I'm going to take the, the wheel here for just a minute. Uh, back when I was 21 years old, I was a K-State uh, journalism student, and uh, I first, my first taste of Mound Ridge basketball was uh, during the 1990 uh, Class 2A tournament at Bramlage. It was the first year that 2A moved over to Bramlage after playing in, in Topeka the, the previous year. Um, a lot of first impressions for me back then. I, I uh, uh, covered that tournament. I needed a little, let's just say, some textbook money right before spring break. So I, I covered the 2A tournament for the Wichita Eagle and, and uh, remember a great crowd from Mound Ridge. But I, I really remember this uh, 5'11 point guard who was just all arms, all legs, uh, dribbled the ball really high, 
but he was a freshman point guard. He ran the show very well. Uh, looked like his jersey was going to fall off of him. Uh, but uh, he, he just couldn't take your eyes. I'd never seen a player like him, uh, and, and I, I don't know if I've seen a player like him since. He went on to a great career at Iowa State, uh, uh, playing in the Big 8 in and, and the early days of the Big 12. <clears throat> Of course, I'm talking about J.C. Holloway, who uh, coached at the Garden City Boys program and is now out at Lakin as, as the girls' coach. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of other things to remember about that. But that was the start of, of a run of four, four titles in four years. And as I mentioned, a 59-game winning streak uh, mixed into that stretch. And, and Coach, um, I, I guess going back, now that some of those guys on that team, you get, we talked about J.C. Holloway, uh, J.C.'s older brother Brian, uh, Steve Kaufman, uh, these are guys that are related to players on this current team. Uh, JC and, and Brian are, are, uh, are Logan Churchill's uncle, and, and of course Logan's mother, Tara, was an outstanding, Tara Holloway was an outstanding uh, girls player at Mound Ridge. Uh, you've got Barrett Modelmog, who, whose, whose dad, Courtney, was, was on, on some of those state championship teams. Um, I, I guess the question is, now you've got Landon Kaufman, whose who's dad, Steve, was, was kind of the, the glue guy for those first two state title teams. Uh, you know, going back to state here in your final year, do you feel some symmetry uh, coaching kids, you know, the, the second generation of kids who helped uh, to, to get those early state titles for you? Well, first of all, uh, you, you mentioned uh, J.C. Holloway and, uh, and what he looked like in a uniform. <laughs> of course, uh, everybody wanted to guard him <laughs> until they had to guard him. Right. Uh, he was a, a, an intense competitor that was uh, incredibly skilled, but he also had some other guys around him. And that was a, that was a really, really uh, important I'll, I'll give uh, Coach a little pause here. Time in He's my, a little in emotional, and I understand why. He coached, he coached some great kids back then, J.C. Holloway, Brian Holloway, and Dwight so Helms, am, uh, the Helms-Holloway connection from, from the early 90s. If you followed Kansas high school basketball, one of the great duos that have ever played at any level uh, in the state. Uh, there were there were several. I mean, the Moundridge phone book has some different names in it. It's not your typical Smiths. You got Durst and Model Boggs, and and uh, there were Holloways back then, and and a, a lot of good players for for Coach Unrell back then. Uh, uh, you know, JC and, and Dwight Helms. That duo went ninety nine and four in their high school careers, and and uh, I, I may at the risk of, of cause, causing Coach Unrell to be even more emotional. That group, those groups of te- championship teams, had a reunion in early February, and I guess maybe I'll, I'll switch gears there, Coach, and just ask you to, you know, I, I think that that would have been a special night anywhere, but it, but it just had. How did that kind of come together, and and uh, what was that experience like to bring bring those teams back in? Uh, it was actually Brian Holloway's idea. He said, "Hey, Coach, you know what year this is? It's been it's been thirty years mm. since uh, since since the four peat." And I said, well, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. So we uh, made all the connections, uh, decided what night we were going to do it, and mm-hmm. we uh, brought those guys in. And uh, we had uh, Dwight Helm said, I'm going to be there. You let me know. And he scheduled a flight in. We had uh, uh, Pat Gearing coming from Michigan. Mm-hmm. We had some guys coming from uh, Colorado. So it was important for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I told the kids, it's really ironic because – uh, I, I told the kids when it was happening in the in the early 90s, I said, you won't really understand what you have done mm-hmm. until you're 35. And then you'll look back and say, man, those were incredible times. Uh, it, you know, just going back to, to those guys, uh, they, they um, you know, just so, so indebted to what, what they did for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there... It, 
you know, it, 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 we had young kids that watched those kids. And of course, everybody wanted to be number 10. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's no different than, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, Landon Coffin and uh, all my kids were at the Substate Finals. Mm-hmm. And, and my oldest son, Ty, and uh, my, my youngest son, Trey, um, uh, Trey wore three. Uh, fittingly <laughs> and but he he was also a, a, a great you know a great shooter and uh landon said well i wanted to be number three mm. when i was in when i was you know in the fourth or fifth grade and trey was going through school i wanted but i could, three wasn't available right so i picked number 10 and of course that was my other son's number okay <laughs> uh so uh, back in the day everybody wanted to be 10 and now but these guys they have to understand too we got we have kids in the stands right they want to be they want to be logan or they want to be landon mm-hmm. uh so you know that's how that's how it continues to build on each other yeah because they want to be those guys but you talk about uh you know uh, logan's uh logan's mom of course tara she was uh i had a chance to coach her in in, in track okay. and she was an exceptional track athlete mm-hmm. as well uh, went on to Emporia State, and she was All-American and a Player of the Year and, and those kind of things, played in the national championship game in Division II. Uh, so you talk about good bloodline. Right. Uh, Logan coming from, you know, with Brian and J.C. and Dina now, at, you know, she's coaching uh, at Olpe. Uh, so they were just exceptional athletes but intense competitors. And, uh, uh, you know, then you got Steve Kaufman, who's, uh, whose son Landon is on on the team now, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, he resembles so much of his dad. Mm. I know that I've called him uh, <laughs> Steve a number of times or stopped and short of calling him Steve. Uh, better as time has gone along. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, you know, and then uh, I even have Lane Durst, who's a reserve sophomore. His dad, Drew, yep. was on, uh, graduated in 92. Right. And, of course, uh, Bear, we call him Bear for short, Barrett, uh, his his dad is now my assistant coach, Courtney Marlon, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Maud played for me. Um, he's a '92 graduate, but his his '92 year he was my manager. Okay, but it wasn't that he wasn't been, been good enough to play. Mm-hmm. But during that time, holy smokes, we we were loaded. Yeah, uh, you know, I often joke, uh, make sure they got on the bus <laughs> and make sure they were in a scorebook, uh, um, and then uh, uh, just so indebted to that group and and. Um, now I'm old enough to, I'm old enough to be their grandpa, <laughs> and uh, you know that. I think three years ago I really started to um, think about, think about retiring. Okay. Um, two reasons. One is um, the district has a, a nice early retirement incentive. Okay. Well, when you look hard at that, you look at okay. I've been in the in the teaching pro- profession over 35 years. Um, it might be something to consider. Mm-hmm. So I, I really started that process three years ago, uh, knowing that this might be my last year coaching. I see. Um, and so uh, uh, I had pretty much, before the season even started, said that um, if this is going to be last, my last year teaching, uh, this is going to be my last year coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, it, you know, there's a number of reasons for that. I've been involved in basketball and being in gyms for this is my 42nd year doing that. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of Thanksgiving vacation. Yes. It's a lot of Christmas vacation uh, of times where my mind is on basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the moment. 
of necessarily being as much as you should be where your feet are with yeah. your family. And so people have sacrificed a lot for me mm-hmm. so that I could, you know, live this unbelievable dream, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's, it's been, it's been more than, uh, more than a blessing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, it, you know, it's a storybook. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it has a storybook ending and they live happily ever after, right? <laughs> right when sure. a state title go out. Sure. I mean, in, in a perfect world, that's, that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might yet. Yeah. We're, we're three games away. Right. Uh, but I would, I, I would say too that, you know, coaching's tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody asked me the other day, said, looks like you still got it in you. <laughs> and, and I would say too. Yeah, I, I feel really good. I feel great. I, I, I'm not as quick as I used to be, uh, but I, I, I still take care of myself yeah. uh, exercise-wise and nutritionally. Um, but it's a high-stress job. Mm-hmm. And some might say, well, yeah, where does that stress come from? Well, a lot of it comes from internal. I know it does. Uh, I, kn- I, I want us to be the best that we can be. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also know that I have some other things that I want to look forward to as well. I see. Um, I love agriculture, mm-hmm. um, farm on a small basis, and I just love being out in that. Well, now's the time to do it while you still feel good. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing is, you know, a good comic knows when to tell his last joke. <laughs> so um, the timing feels right. Uh-huh. And uh, what a better time to go out than, than with Lennon Kaufman yeah. and, um, and Logan, uh, you know, such a, such history, yeah. uh, a family and tradition, uh, of what they've done for this, this, this school and this community mm-hmm. and, and specifically basketball. So, uh, that's the plan. So Moundridge, you know, the, we'll be going up to the 2A tournament for the 10th time under Coach Unrau. They'll see if they can get him a sixth title. It definitely won't be easy. Uh, but in the finals, I'm going to take I'm going to take Moundridge to to make it to that final. But I do think uh, that independent team from Wichita is is uh, primed and ready to to win a Class 2A championship. Yeah, uh, you know, talking a little bit about TMP, um, you know, I thought they played maybe their best game of the year in the sub-state final against Hoxie. You know, I thought Hoxie was a team that could give them some problems. Uh, TMP's a big six foot eight uh, post player, Dylan Worth. He scored all 14 of TMP's points in the first quarter. Then, uh, you know, then TMP kind of started to take advantage of that and it kind of opened up some things for other players and but Worth ended up with 33 points uh and he was just as good he was just as good defensively I mean it was just a just a heck of a game for him if he plays like that uh TMP is going to be a really tough out um you know TMP's also got a really good backcourt led by Cade Harris uh, you know he can score when he needs to, but he is just—he is just a really athletic kid who dives all over the floor. I just—I just enjoy watching him play. Um, you know, 
long winning streak for TMP. They haven't lost since the season opening Hayes shootout. Um, you know, they, they're, they've won at the buzzer. Um, Kate Harris beat Hill City at the buzzer. I mean, they won at the buzzer last year against Galena. They just, they just have kind of have a knack for pull, pulling out really tough games. Uh, and, you know, I, I think dropping down to 2A, I think, you know, I think they have a really, really good shot. So I'm going to say they make the finals. And then on the other side, uh, I'm curious, kind of curious about Wichita Independent. Um, you know, I know they, I think they have a pretty good win against Maxville, which is a, a talented team. Um, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Wichita Independent. And uh, I will say uh, TMP beats them in the final. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, independent uh, through the first round, Bennington, TMP. Uh, my one upset, I'm going to go St. Mary's to 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 get the the win over Mountain Ridge, uh, but then TMP uh, beats them in the semifinals. Uh, independent gets the win in the semifinals over Bennington, and then uh, I'm going to just go with TMP to get that win uh, in the finals over Independent. Keep it simple. And on the girls' side there, you got uh, Thursday action for quarterfinals at 2 p.m. game. Pittsburgh, St. Mary's Colgan undefeated at 22 against St. Mary's. Riverside, 20-3 and against Wichita Independent at 4 o'clock. Berean Academy against Hoxie at 6 o'clock. And Hillsboro against Leota, Wichita County at 8 o'clock. And looking at this, it's the story of which Colgan team are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that we saw two years ago that made it all the way to the state championship game uh, before they lost to Sterling? Or are we going to get the Colgan team that sh- has shown up uh, almost all the rest of the time the Colgan team has shown up and, and gone out early? In fact, they, they've never won a game other than the 2021 season when they made it to the championship. Last year, they were the number one seed in the tournament and got knocked off by Garden Plain in the first round. And I know – you know, Lily Brown and Lawrence Torrance, Lauren Torrance are a, just a dan- dynamic one-two punch. Brown has been absolutely special this year, averaging well over 20 points a game and over 10 rebounds a game. And and uh, Colgan has has done well this year in going undefeated and beating some really good teams and not had a lot of close games. So we'll see if, if uh, when they get pushed at state this week, what it'll look like. And I think St. Mary's has the that potential in the first round. You know, they come from the league that has Silver Lake and and Riley County that are in the Class 3A tournament and, and Rossville, which would be in the Class 3A tournament if they didn't have to play Silver Lake in the sub-state finals. And so St. Mary's bat, very battle-tested. Uh, they're going to be a tough 12-11, tough-out team there uh, going down Riverside, making its first uh, state tournament appearance since the consolidation of Wafina and and, uh, and Elwood there. So um, good, uh, great season. R- Riverside's best season they've ever had. They face a Wichita Independent team that, you know, was maybe on the verge of not even having a team. There was such little interest in the program, but EJ Garns comes in and and influx some life into that into that program. They've had a great season at nineteen and four. Berean Academy, just one of your traditional powers that always seems to find a way to make it to state. Always seems to do well when they get to state. You know, they made it last year, lost in the semifinals um, to uh, to Sterling. It was in, in a rematch of of their. Uh, their great uh, rivalry that they have in the Heart of America League. But Berean's a team that uh, is definitely capable of getting to a championship game again this year. And then Hillsborough, maybe one of the most athletic teams that you're going to see at the at the state tournament with Zaley Worth and Savannah Shahan. Uh, great volleyball players, great basketball players. And if 
I have down the bracket. I've got Colgan getting it done this year. I think I think they're on a mission after last year, and I think Lily Brown and Lauren Torrance have really kind of just raised the bar a little bit this year, and they're going to exercise those demons. And I got them facing Hillsboro in the championship game, what should be a, a great game um, in that one. And looking at uh, looking at Hillsboro and Berea and Scott, uh, they're you know from down the Wichita area, and, and these two teams just have talent oozing out of them. Yeah, you mentioned Hillsboro with a great success in volleyball and, and a really good basketball team as well. Uh, you know, I, I I'll give Berean that credit. I think I think Berean comes in with with some great senior leadership and a lot of experience. A lot of experience, uh, you know, like like Colgan does. That it's one of those two A teams that that doesn't just go there. They go there and they get they get three games out of that. And I think that all that experience is really going to 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 you know really play well for them and and. Uh, you know, when I look at the rest of the bracket, I this is kind of the one where I, when I looked at it, <clears throat> this is the bracket where I saw chalk and I saw chalk through the quarterfinals and and the semifinals, and then uh, you know I'll take that chalk right up to the final. I just I think Berean is the team uh, this year that I think can can uh, uh, with that experience with Lily Veer, uh, a really veteran guard who who can kind of handle the the pressure of Bramlage and, and has played there enough. Uh, I think Berean finally gets it done and, and wins that title with with a win over Colgan in the championship game. I think I'm in a similar spot to Scott with Chalk, except uh, I'm following through to the, the the final with Colgan being able to beat Berean. Uh, only upset I'm looking is probably Wichita Independent getting the the uh, quarterfinal win to to meet Colgan in the semifinals. I think Colgan gets through. Uh, I think Breen beats Hillsboro in the semifinals to get to the finals. And I think for Colgan, the key isn't just uh, how good Lily Brown and Lauren Torrance are playing. Uh, they're playing so well together now, uh, just having uh, this being the, the third year of them uh, together playing at such a high level. But once you throw in uh, Ja'Kayla Davis as a double-digit scorer, uh, she's a freshman that if she can keep playing the way she She's played in the regular season and do that in the postseason. If the lights don't get too bright for her, I think Colgan really is on that mission. I think Colgan gets it done beating Breen. Yeah. You know, after seeing Hillsborough and, and volleyball and what that team did, I, I know it's some of the same kids. And, you know, I, I just, I just, I just kind of have a feeling that they're going to have a really, really good tournament. Um, you know, I kind of want to pick Hoxie as a dark horse team, but like, Berean, I, I just don't know. I mean, like Scott said, I, it seems like, you know, they have a state tournament experience. It seems like, you know, this could be a, the year that they pull through. So I, I, I think they'll get past Hoxie. Um, you know, on the other side, uh, Colgan, you know, I think I kind of agree with Brent. I think, you know, those, those past, those past, uh, disappointments will really fuel Colgan. I'm going to pick them to make it all the way to the final. And then I'm going to go with Hillsborough to beat Colgan in the final. Certainly something that's capable of happening. I think it's going to be a great tournament. I'll get the witness over in Manhattan. And then uh, class one, a division one tournament uh, will be girls will start play on Wednesday with their quarterfinals, the boys on Thursday. And I'll tell you what, when I look at this girls bracket, it's to me, it's as wide open as it could possibly be. Now there's one team that does stick out and it's the one team that should stick out in central plains, the number four seed who will open the tournament at four o'clock against Donovan West. 
But after that, I mean, you've got some familiar names there, but they, they just have different looks to them. You know, Norwich has been good. They were a state runner-up two years ago to Olpe, who is also back. Olpe now coached by Ron Slaymaker and not Jesse Nelson. And, and Olpe coming off a down year last year. They come in as the number seven seed. Uh, Norwich is the number one seed at 21-2. and two. They'll take on Canton Galva at 2 o'clock, followed by Central Plains against Donovan West at 4 Quinter against Olpe at 6 o'clock, and then Frankfurt against South Gray at 8 o'clock. And I'll tell you guys, when I sat down to fill out this bracket, I was going back and forth and back and forth. I put away the pen, got out my pencil, because I just wasn't sure who to to take on this. I think think there's great stories abound. Canton Galva girls, this is their first trip in a long, long time, uh, and and, uh, they're a young team that's that's making it to state this year. They they had a tough draw with Norwich, Olpe. Three of their losses are to undefeated Lebo, which is in the Class 1A Division 2 tournament, and Olpe, a very quality program again with Ron Slaybaker and, and clearly hungry after last year not having a great season and not certainly not Olpe standard seasons. And then you look at Frankfurt, a, a team that's that's had good strong history in South Gray, a team there um, I like Central Plains. I mean, they, they've only won eight straight state titles, so I guess they're a pretty easy pick to win a win a state title again. And they came through maybe the arg- arguably the toughest substate where they knocked off defending champion Pretty Prairie and then beat St. John for the fourth time, I believe it was, this year, um, with St. John having upset Little River, which was the number one team in the KBCA rankings going into, into substate play. So uh, I'll, I'll stick with Central Plains winning it, but who they beat, in the finals and who they beat along the way, your anybody's guess is as good as mine because this, this one looks like it's going to be wide open and it could be uh, could be pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have picked against Central Plains anyway. But seeing after what they did in Substate, you know, like you said, that Substate was absolute absolutely loaded, and uh, you know, obviously they they defeat defending champion of. Pr- pretty prairie and then they have to you know get past st john for a fourth time and you know talking to coach pat styles you know he was that that's a tough feat you know having to beat a good team like that four times uh you know central plains you know eight time defending champions really probably should be nine (laughs) i mean obviously they had the covid year where they were the heavily heavily favored team with you know emily ryan's senior year um but I just I just can't go against them until they until they trip up in the state tournament. Uh, I think Brenna Brenna Hamicky, uh, you know, she showed a lot of heart last year in battling a back injury, and she's she's really playing well right now down the stretch of the season. So uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna say they get there to the final, and then uh, the, I I think the other like Brent said, I really think the other side of the bracket is wide open. Um, you know, I'll go. I'll go with Quinter to get there. Uh, you know, Quinter, you know, had, they've had a huge turnaround. I think they're just a really well-balanced team. Um, you know, I'm going to say they get to the final, and then um, I will say Central Plains be- defeats Quinter in the final. Yeah, I can't – you know, I really can't add a new talking point to this. I, I was so enamored with that sub-state last week, and, and it was one of those that kind of got on your radar real, real early in the season when you saw the assignment. Uh, you knew Little River was going to be a good team, and they were they were undefeated deep into the turn or deep into the season. Uh, Pretty Prairie had, had lost a lot, but but uh, just kept on winning and winning in the way that they won last year when they when they won the title, and and, uh, and then Central Plains knocks them off in the semifinals, and you're thinking, okay, this Little River Pretty Prairie matchup isn't even going to happen in the in the sub state final. Uh, 
it, it just it, it's a it's a testament to Central Plains' staying power that they were able to survive that substate. I mean, it, it it was such a great field, and and uh, I I'm kind of one of those that, that you know when you kind of, you kind of apply the Aquinas Miege theory a little bit to what Central Plains has done here until somebody else proves differently. Um, you know, to if you have to make a pick, I go with Central Plains, and and yeah, I I think on the other side it's it's so wide open. You know, Opie even with seven losses is just a great tradition rich program. Uh, I'm going to go with Frankfurt to make the final, and and but I will give Central Plains the the nod in the final. So give me give me Central Plains over Frankfurt. Yeah, I don't have much else to add either. Uh, Central Plains, my pick to make it through to the finals. I'm going to go Quint. Quinter to be the team that uh, makes it in there with them, and then Central Plains gets the 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 win there. Then on the boys' side, uh, semifinals or quarterfinals will be held on Thursday. You got two-time defending champion Olfi opening up against Centralia at two p.m. Wichita Classical against Elyria Christian at four p.m. Maxville against Lacrosse at six p.m. and then Clifton Clyde against South Gray in the nightcap at eight p.m. And you know Ricky. Uh, you know, South Gray, Mark Applegate has won a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of games. And, you know, Opie's been his sticking point for the past couple of years. Is this the year he gets past Opie and gets it done? I I think it could be. I mean, the it to me, it's incredible what he's done. I mean, that team does not have much size at all. And I saw them in the SPIA tournament, and I was just blown away how they – they play defense. I mean, they they rely a lot on the on the, on the three ball. But what he, what he continues to do at South Gray is just is just incredible. So um, you know, I think man, if it, Maxville Maxville and South Gray that was that's going to be a whale of a semifinal if, if that happens. Maxville a really really balanced scoring attack. They got a, a great post player inside. And Brian Cuckelman, you know, he, he doesn't score a ton, but I, I know he just he's just great at affecting the game, uh, you know, with his defense and rebounding. Oh, my gosh, that's, that's such a tough semifinal. Uh, I think I'm going to go South Gray to get to get to the final. And then, you know, kind of kind of like the theory we've all been, you know, applying just, you know, until somebody knocks them off, you got to go. You got to go with the top dog. So I'm going to say Opie and I I'm tempted to go South Gray, but I'll I'll stick with Opie to to win in the in the one eighty one. Yeah, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna piggyback with Opie. I mean, it's it's just a uh, you know the top seed and, and such a tradition rich program. But uh, you know, don't you just think Centralia, even with an eight lo- with eight losses, is going to give them a fight in the quarters? I know I know Centralia is uh, you know has taken some big losses this year, but I but it seems like to for me history wise in a one A tournament. Uh, you know, an eight seed tw- from the Twin Valley League, it's like a scorpion. I mean, it's there. It, it you don't want to touch it. I mean, it's 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 kind of scary. So I think I think Opie's you know challenge could start on Thursday in the quarterfinals. I do expect them to get through that though, and and uh, I do expect Opie to get to the finals. Uh, I'm gonna go. You know, maybe uh, give throw Clifton Clyde a bone and just think. I, I think they could get to the finals as well. And and uh, uh, so I'm gonna take Opie over Clifton Clyde, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just very hard to go against uh, against the Eagles, you know, with with their pedigree, and and uh, I look for them to to win three straight on Saturday. Yeah, I think looking at it, I'm going Opie in the final. Uh, I need to make up some points in this bracket uh, challenge that we didn't create a point system for. I'm gonna go <laughs> South Gray, make it on through to the final, but Opie gets the win over. 
Yeah, I had Olpe over South Gray in my championship as well. Olpe, you know, they lost two two of their historically great uh, great players in their program in in uh, Damon Redeker and and Derek Holting from a year ago, and two guys and just were just the heart and souls of their football and basketball teams. And all they've done is reloaded this year with Truman Bailey and and guys around him and. And Chris Schmidt just does a tremendous job down there. Uh, he's the football coach and the basketball coach down at Olpe. And he's been on a heck of a run down there with uh, with his programs. And, you know, Centralia beat Olpe in the football playoffs this year to end their two-year run in, in football. So you can be darn sure the Eagles ain't going to let that happen again in basketball. So um, I'll, I, I do think Centralia will be a tough out because, like Scott said, any time you get a team from the TBL, period, they're a tough out. That league is is the best small school league sports league in the state, and I I would go to a hill on that one. That they just it, that league every sport there is they are at the top of the uh, at the top of the heap. And but uh, you know that classical Illyria Christian two kind of newcomers to this, but two teams that have had great seasons and certainly are going to be more than capable of uh, of getting it done in, in the in the semifinals if they would go out and meet Opie and then. Ricky said Maxville, a great team, very balanced team, uh, a very uh, they had a great football season, only one loss in football. And then South Gray, Clifton Clyde, that's a that's that's a banger in the first game right there. Uh, Clifton Clyde's had an unbelievable season. They went 12 and 0 in the Twin Valley League. So that tells you how good Clifton Clyde is this year. And uh, they just uh, just were amazing this year. A uh, very uh, a very young team too. Uh, all all but one player is a senior on that team, or all but one player is underclassman. Just one senior out of their rotation. So that Clifton Clyde South Gray game should be a, a heck of a game in the first round. But I also had Opie South Gray in my title game. But should be a great tournament uh, in Division One. And then lastly, uh, Class One A Division Two. We'll start with the girls. Their Wednesday quarterfinals. And like Class 3A, this is a tournament that has two undefeateds in it. You got Lebo, the number one seed at 23-0, and uh, and Hanover, the number two seed at 23-0. and Hanover will actually get things kicked off uh, on, on Wednesday. They take on Sharon Springs, Wallace County at 2 o'clock, followed by Beloit St. John's against Hutch Central Christian at 4. Then at 6, Lebo gets Pawnee Heights, the team we talked about. Ricky will speak a little bit more about Pawnee Heights making their first state appearance ever. Uh, there at six o'clock, and then South Haven against Buckland at eight. And, and Ricky, we'll go to you. What about this Pawnee Heights team? Uh, what a, what a story it is for them to make it to the state tournament. Yeah, I think the most incredible part of it is that they've they've done it with six girls. And talking with their coach earlier today, um, they've had times where they've had to finish with four players um, with with foul trouble and and stuff like that. Um, you know, la- last year they couldn't even play; they had to forfeit their sub state game because they didn't have enough players. Uh, they um, he told me that their their sixth girl who doesn't play a lot. But they, yeah, that's the other thing they they pretty much play five players for most of the game. And then they have a girl that didn't even want to go out for basketball, but you know, her friends, her friends talked her into it cause they needed another player. So, and, and he said that, you know, she, that she came up huge, you know, in the sub state in the sub state game, uh, you know, in this final, but so, uh, you know, just an incredible story. Their first, their first state tournament birth ever. And, you know, and he, talking to their coach he just you know he just wants them to to really enjoy the experience because it, it it is a heck a heck of an achievement for this Pawnee Heights, Heights team to make it um you know just kind of going through the bracket 
Uh, you know, I've I've seen Hanover several times in in the in the state tournament, and I'm just so in, impressed with their you know championship pedigree. Um, they gave Central Plains a pretty good run in the semifinals last year, and you know I I know they returned some key pieces off that team. Um, you know, I got I do I do really like uh, you know Beloit Saint Saint John's Tipton and what the, what they've done. I got a chance to see them. And the Northern Plains League tournament, um, you know, kind of cool story there is uh, it's a husband and w- husband and wife uh, both taking their teams to state. Uh, Leah Bergman coaches uh, the girls team and Lance Bergman coaches uh, the boys team, and they both made it this year. So, and talking to to Lance earlier, um, you know, it's been a real hectic time <laughs> in the household just trying to get uh, share share the technology and the TV, <laughs> watching over watching the game tape like that. So, uh, but a cool story there. Um, you know, like I said, I gotta go. I gotta go with Hanover. I'm just really impressed with that program. And uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, though the 23 and 0 teams. You know, we want to see them meet in the final. That makes for a heck of a story. So I'll say Lebo and Hanover in the title game, and and Hanover gets it done. Yeah, I'd echo that, Ricky. I think that's that's uh, again when you got those 23 and 0 teams entering state. That's Again, it's more of a wish. You just want to see those two teams, see see an unbeaten champion and, and see two unbeaten teams in the finals. That's kind of where I'm leaning on, on the matchup. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna lean the other way in the final. I'm going to take Lebo to, to beat Hanover. And, and uh, you know, history has shown that already back in the fall. Uh, Lebo did that to, to Hanover in the state volleyball finals. So, uh, you know, Hanover will certainly have some motivation if that matchup happens. But uh, – uh, just give it to me. Just give me two 25 and 0 teams looking to, to, to take that championship trophy. Um, I don't want to dismiss the other matchups. I think you know Hutchinson Central Christian has had had a uh, had a good run here in, in recent years, and, and they're back. and And that matchup with Boy St. John's Tipton should be a good one in the first round. And and then Buckland and South Haven, you do you just you get that matchup of four, five, six, and uh, you know you never really know which way that's going to go. But, uh, but I think in the end, the, the cream kind of rises to the top, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Lebo Wolves to win the title. Yeah, I'm probably in a similar spot. Uh, Lebo and Hanover meeting in the the finals. I'm going to go uh, South Haven uh, getting out of the the quarterfinals to to face Lebo in the semis. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Hutchison Central Christian uh, getting that quarterfinals upset uh, if we want to call it. That's just a really good matchup uh, there in that first round. But I'm going uh, Hutchison Central Christian uh, once Hanover and Lebo get the victories, make it to the finals. I'm going to go uh, Hanover to get the win over Lebo to win the state title. Yeah, I'm also going Hanover over Lebo in the in the state championship game. I know I know Lebo got him in volleyball, and Lebo has has a three headed monster that's just outstanding. Brooklyn Jones, uh, Aubrey Peak, and then Sage Hadley. Uh, those girls have just been lights out all year. All three of them average fifteen points a game or more. Uh, Peaks had a monster year. Brooklyn Jones, a tremendous athlete. She's going to Kansas State to throw the javelin and track. Uh, they're great volleyball players that, that got it done for Lebo on the volleyball court, beating Hanover in that title game, and, and I think Hanover gets payback uh, on the basketball court. Hanover has just had a great great run of success here under Chris Beekman. Uh, you know, they've won two state titles in 17 and 18. They've pushed Central Plains uh, to the limit during their the height of their run. So I think Hanover um, behind Segan Atkins and uh, and Massey Holly and, and Anna Juneman. Uh, I think uh, I think they maybe just have a little bit more experience on the basketball stage to to get it done 
against Olibo, which what would be a, a great final if that materializes. And then on the boys' side, you have a defending champion, uh, Tribune Greeley County, as the number one seed. They're 22-1. and one. They open against Southern Cloud, which is making its first state appearance in program history. Uh, at 2 o'clock, at, at 4 o'clock, you got Stafford against South Central. 6 o'clock, Axtell against Buckland. And then at 8 o'clock, Beloit St. John's Tipton against Lebo. And Ricky, uh, Tribune, Greeley County won a thriller to win the state title a year ago, uh, winning at the buzzer against Hanover. And this year, they, you know, the Hanover kind of went in as, as the team to beat. I think this year it's Tribune definitely going in as the team to beat. Yeah, definitely, uh, especially the, considering they have one of the best small school players in the state. Uh, he was a top five All-Stater for us last year, Jackson Brandle, just a, a really versatile kid that can do it all, um, you know, and an unselfish kid. I mean, he knows he knows when to pick his spots, when he needs to score, and then he also knows, uh, you know, when he needs to distribute to other kids because they do, they do have some – a talented, talented group, um, you know, and a well-balanced group. Uh, Lincoln Schaefer hit the buzzer beating three at the buzzer against Hanover to, to, to nip him by one. Uh, just a heck of a heck of a moment there. I mean, just, just awesome. Um, and you know, they just, they just have a lot of kids that know their roles that, you know, they got, they got some kids willing to do the dirty work too. I mean, um, just a, just a kind of a complete team. Um, you know, then looking at, you know, at the bottom side of the bracket, uh, you know, I really thought Northern Valley was going to was going to be in. The, to be honest, I thought Northern Valley was going to be in the state tournament. And I thought we were going to see Northern Valley versus uh, versus Greeley County. The reason we don't is because Beloit St. John's tips and beat them soundly. And they're they're just a team. I saw them, um, you know, at the league tournament, and they they seemed they got a huge win over Osborne, and they just seemed like a team that was going to be dangerous down the stretch of the season, and that that has held true because they're on quite a run right now. Um, I think you know, so I I think uh, that I see them getting you know by Lebo and then by their semifinal matchup, whether it be Buckland or Extel. Um, and then I can't go. I don't think I'll be able to go against Greeley County. Yeah, you know, in the final, I think they're going to repeat this year. Yeah, you've kind of you've kind of wet for that for a possible Beloit St. John's Axtell semifinal, uh, Ricky. I think that's that's you know obviously Beloit St. John's taking a, a good momentum into this tournament. Uh, you know, I guess when I my first look at this field, my my first question was, okay, Lincoln Schaefer, what are you going to do for an encore? Uh, what a what a folk hero he is in Tribune, and and uh, still has uh, you know three more state tournaments to play, counting this week. Uh, but but yeah, with Jackson Brandle, uh, just a, one of the one of the great great players at the, at any class, but but particularly the small class. You know, averaging about twenty six a game. Uh, I think it's it's uh, Greeley County's to lose. Uh, they you know I don't see them needing the drama to to get it done this year, but I do see them repeating. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, Ricky's talked me into Beloit St. John's as a, as a dark horse to get to that final, but I'm going to go with Greeley County to win the title. I like to copy people, so I'm going to copy the same thing. <laughs> Greeley County and Beloit St. John's Tipton in the in the final. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Stafford uh, to to get out of the quarterfinals. Uh, go Axtell uh, to to beat Buckland, and then yeah, Greeley County over St. John's Tipton in the final. 
All right, I'll be a little contrarian, I guess. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with Tribune, no Greeley County, no not not deviating from that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Axtell. You know, this is a a really pretty good story. They they lose their six foot six post guy to a knee injury in the state football semifinals, and uh, he was a he was a big big weapon for them uh, these past few years. Owen Strothman. Uh, they they overcame his injury to win the state football championship for the second straight year. Then their basketball team has come out and just just had a great great season. Uh, you know they've, they've lost to Clifton Clyde, who's in in the Division One field, and and uh, have some really good losses and played a really good schedule. Played some teams like Wabunsi and some other teams like that. But uh, Axel, you know they won state title in football two years running. They've got Isaac Detweiler, who's just an outstanding athlete. They got a lot of young kids that are just really, really good athletes that are uh, have a really good shot of keeping that football run going for for more than just uh, a couple years. Uh, so I like Axel getting to the semifinals. I think Stafford's a great story. It's been a long time since Stafford has made it to a state tournament. They overcame a little bit of tragedy to start the season with the death of one of their one of their teammates and classmates uh, it, it, earlier in the school year. Scott will have a little uh, little feature on them in our storylines for the uh, for state basketball. But uh, I like Stafford. Uh, South Central's had a gr- had a great season. Buckland was at state last year and and it has a good good team again this year. Kind of reloaded after losing some really good seniors off last year's team. But Tribune, I mean. The fact that you go to a freshman for a for a state championship winning shot speaks everything to how much confidence those teammates just have in each other. And so uh, I like Tribune to get it done again this year and, and win a second straight state title for that program. So that wraps up a lengthy wrap up of the state championship tournaments coming up this week. Uh, we'll be hitting the roads tomorrow to get to our respective tournament sites and you'll have coverage from all seven tournament sites on Keisha covered uh, throughout the week. We'll wrap up the uh, wrap up the quarterfinal action from the first two days and then get some, some great coverage from semifinals and championship uh, championship nights. So stay tuned to Keisha covered website for all your state basketball coverage needs and wants. We've given you our thoughts. I'm sure you have lots of different thoughts out there and nobody's going to win it but your team. But best of luck to all 112 teams competing in the state championships this week. Thank you to every single coach that got me information on your team this year. Um, We appreciate it. Uh, Your effort helps our effort in, in promoting your sport and your team and your program. And best of luck to everybody this week at State Basketball. For Scott Pass, Mac Moore, Ricky Peterson, this is Brent Maycock, and we'll be coming to you from a basketball court near you this week.